Well, hello there, all you loggers. Looking good tonight. How y'all cool cats doing this evening? I'm Josh, and uh, with me here today is my co-host, Nate. Uh, what's going on, PA Nate? How you doing? Oh, my. <laughs> Smooth jazz, bro. Yeah. What's up, you cool cats? I have a... Um, I I have a bit of a cold this evening, so my voice is is a little uh, deeper than usual, um, a little more nasally than my usual nasaliness. So you'll have to forgive me because this entire episode, and and my wife is probably going to make fun of me for saying that because she hates it when I say that for theological reasons. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to sound bad. That's just how it goes. Um, so I figured ah. I'd start off on that foot. Smooth jazz, Josh. S- smooth jazz, Josh. I'm gonna blow out my my fancy wooden wick candle that makes my room smell nice. Uh-huh. puts puts me in the right spot. <laughs> um, I am fancy wooden candle Nate. <laughs> I like it. Um, We're just like the perfect group for some jazz. Yeah, yeah. S- drink some Cavassier. <laughs> And you know, anybody who actually gets that reference will also immediately scorn me for being a filthy <laughs> heathen. Um, so, what's the good word tonight, man? How you doing today? Oh man, I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I actually took the day off. Um, like I said, it's really kind of just a minor cold, but uh, I I took advantage and actually was at my wife's prompting. Took advantage of the sick time that I have kind of accrued and was like, hey. I'm not feeling 100%. I'm going to go ahead and just take today off. And it's been real nice. Worked on a bunch of school stuff and and was able to nap a couple of times, which was fun. Adults taking naps. Always a good time. Um, and my wife is awesome and took care of the kids. So it's been a pretty chill day. But Very uh, nice. Dude, naps are good. Yeah. Naps are good. Like, I hated them as a child. Mm-hmm. And now as an adult, I can't get enough of them. Yeah, I I do the power nap thing because I cannot stand losing a chunk of my day. Like in general, I mean, I know uh, that some inside baseball here that we're eventually going to talk about sleep eventually because it does yes. kind of overlap with our gaming habits. Um, but in general, I do not like the idea of sleep and I understand that this is not a good thing. This is a bad thing. Um, <laughs> but I really just don't like the time that I feel is wasted sleeping so i'll do the power nap thing where i set my phone for a certain amount of time you know 20 minutes 30 minutes whatever an hour if if i really didn't get very much sleep um because i don't like to just kind of go willy-nilly with the nap times but yes when you need them they're very nice they're very good addition to your day i just try i just try not to take them very often because i i hate the time that is lost uh i mean i i totally get that uh, I actually sort of feel very similar, like I, I, but I'm also sort of confronted with the reality that, uh, yeah, uh, Nate needs sleep and yeah. copious amounts of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if, if he wants to function with any sort of, uh, any semblance of normalcy, uh, yeah, sleep is a must have. How you doing, dude? I... Well, I had the day off as well. Um, you know, nice. like I've mentioned multiple times, I work for the post office, and today we observe Veterans Day, mm-hmm. of which I am part of that proud company. 
Uh, Tip of the hat to you, sir. Thank thanks, you man. Your um, you're more than welcome. Uh, uh, the the part that's a bummer, like, and and I don't, I don't bring that up because I I want everybody to like be like, oh, Nate's the best. <laughs> I want you to think I'm the best for other reasons. But um, no, but like uh, the thing was like I was like, oh well, I have Monday off, so I figured like all the 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 Veterans Day deals and like free meals and stuff would happen today. And they were all like yesterday, including oh. like my favorite, one of my favorite spots in town is like a sort of like a, it's set up like a speakeasy um, and they re- okay. do really nice cocktails and they do gourmet bacon, which mm. is super fancy and overpriced, but I like <laughs> it. Um, and they do good burgers and stuff, but like apparently they had a discount, but that was for yesterday, ah. um, which was ah. kind of a bummer. Uh, but I mean, you know, my my wife did. Uh, she did let me get some Veterans Day Taco Bell. So she <laughs> she just sort of like she's off off mic. She's looking at me and going mouthing the words Taco Bell, and I'm like, yes, yes. She did let me get Taco <laughs> it Bell. It happened. <laughs> and um, but I mean, other than that, uh, you know, just sort of another day in the life. You know, a uh, bit of nice. before I forget. Uh, Dude, did you hear about Stan Lee? Yes. Yes, oh, it did. Oh, man. What a bummer. I mean, mm-hmm. I know we don't talk about comic books a whole lot. I grew up on comic books. Um, okay. And just especially in the like today's culture, like where Marvel's movies are so big. And he mm-hmm. has like a cameo in everything. Every, yeah. Even and the bad ones. Yeah, even the really <laughs> terrible ones. Like, uh, you know, uh, anyways. <laughs> but... um. Uh, that's a real bummer and it definitely feels like a little bit of like my childhood is sort of like uh a little bit further removed i think mm-hmm. than you know maybe before so that's that's definitely kind of a a bit of a bummer and uh but you know i i don't think like we could really get too far into the night without bringing that up i, I definitely want to make sure like so you know um I ultimately, you know, as believers, our our sort of hope for that is that he he was part of the elect, that he was regenerate, that he was repent. I don't know anything about his personal life, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so I can't I can't make sort of a statement either which way, but um, you know, uh, either which way, you know, it's it's someone who I think will be missed uh, in, in culturally, and yeah. so it's sort of one of those things where. Like I said, uh, his stuff, you know, I grew up reading comics, especially Marvel comics. So um, my dog right now is actually like running away from my wife because she doesn't like getting her paws wiped. Nala, go, <laughs> go. She's she's trying to hide from getting toweled off. Um, it was, it's, it's like snowing and raining outside. So, oh, dang. Yeah. But um. Anyways, enough about all of that fun stuff. And I talked about the weather, man. I just can't help it. You you didn't though. You were talking about your dog, and you just mentioned it in passing. I I actually was gonna press that a little bit, but then I was like, no, 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 no. Let's see, let's see what happens. And you, you did good. You did it's, good. It's sort of a fun little. You know, I'll tell you what. If you would have, if we would have recorded Friday night, I would have had lots to talk about. Especially oh, yeah? how it was like miserable for eight and a half hours for getting rained on like all day. It was like 40 ah. degrees and I soaked through my rain gear. I was so Ooh. happy all day long, people. It, like if you could have seen 
a smile on my face, you would have died from delight. Um, <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. since I, I i didn't feel as bad sort of like bringing it up there because i feel like i already sort of broke the the subject so yeah. <laughs> but um so you yeah. spent the day recovering i spent the day pretending to do a little bit of reading and watching the rest <laughs> of power rangers rpm uh, nice so, uh, nice it was a veterans day uh well spent in my opinion so <laughs> Reading and Power Rangers, of course. Yeah. Of course, why not? Yeah, and, and you know, the occasional, like, Facebook spat, you know, because <laughs> who's in above that stuff? Apparently, <laughs> not me. Um, do, you have, do you have any thoughts about that? I know you mentioned Power Rangers. Do you want to go into that? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's not... Something too lately? It's, it's, it's one of those things where, okay, so it's, I, I guess there's a certain amount of camp... camp that you have our kitschiness that you have to just sort of like expect yeah um and take for granted and so yeah that was there um i remember reading or maybe west told me at one point in time, but like they changed like at some point in the season they changed directors and so like tonally there's like kind of a shift yeah um but you know it was it was fun it was like campy and cheesy and corny uh it was it was sort of like it was nice to watch something that I didn't have to worry about um like boobs or excess mm-hmm. profanity or anything. So yeah. that was definitely very cool. Uh, like the the hard part though is like I think like in a lot of ways um I am way spoiled when it comes to production value. Okay. And yeah. like dude, there was one point where the one guy, like, the, the it was today, I was watching an episode, and the one guy's holding a gun, and this thing very, very obviously just looks like a plastic toy gun. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> like, I wish you guys would just sprung, like, the extra 10 bucks on that prop. Like, but, yeah. y- you know, that's sort of like, is counter to the whole sort of minimalist budget sort of thing mm-hmm. that they've got going on, but yeah. it was fun. It was fun. Um, you know, I know Wesley sort of like said, like uh, this week in the book club sort of said, uh, common writers, Amazons or whatever mm-hmm. is a little too much. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of interested in checking it out anyways <laughs> like i don't know if that's because i'm a depraved pig or what um also uh just you know sort of before i forget i did want to sort of throw this my wife and i watched that that christopher robin movie yesterday oh yeah mm-hmm. uh man all i'm gonna say is like one if you like winnie the pooh all you should probably watch that mm-hmm. um and if you are a big old sap like me you're probably either going to tear up or come really stinking close because it's mm-hmm. just uh it's it's freaking adorable and sentimental and not in a way that feels like i don't know like there's there's a way that like sentimentality can feel very like saccharine and very like manufactured and just like overly hallmark yeah and it's <laughs> it's like an honest sentimentality and it's like yeah I don't know, like, uh, Ewan McGregor, he's a baller. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I was going to ask, did you ever watch the um, the Mr. Rogers documentary? Not yet. That came that's out recently? Like, that's okay. definitely on my list, though. Okay. I was curious if it was similar to that, because that, that, as you're talking, uh, there's the same type of kind of sentimentality, because they talk about kind of his values and what, um, just his views on, on what it, he was creating with the TV show. And even though I don't agree with him 100%, um, you know, for instance, he, he doesn't like Power Rangers. <laughs> Just say that. Um, yeah. But I think like he he did what he set out to accomplish. And and it is a, a very sentimental, especially man, when they show just like some of the some of the kids that he gets on the show. Um, yeah, that that one that one will definitely have you tearing up as well. But cool. Uh, Mr. Well, and Mr. Rogers was a Western PA native. Uh, oh, nice. He was. I think he was from Pittsburgh, and so, okay. and um, not too far away from where I live, I believe that he, his family owned, and maybe it's, I don't really know how that all panned out, but maybe his family still owns some land, probably about 45 minutes to an hour away from here, and they used to, like, go hunting on it and stuff. Um, huh. So, Dang. but that's, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Your claim to Mr. Rogers' fame. Yeah, I That's was like, cool, man. I was like, you know, 45 minutes away from Fred Rogers. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. I, um, I went and saw totally, total change of subject, but I did go and see a movie. I saw, um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, you dog. Yeah. Is it good? Uh, I, uh, yes, yes. I really enjoyed it. Um, there are definitely things about it. Like it's not it's not a documentary. It's definitely played up as a movie. Like they play very fast and loose with some of the um, with some of the details of things that happen. Um, it's really about Freddie Mercury rather than the band Queen. Um, I mean, there are definitely tons of scenes where where the whole band is there. You know, when they're writing their hit songs and stuff like that. But Queen's musical output was so much. Um, bigger than just their hits and they really just kind of focus on their big songs and the tension within the band and and yeah it's re- it's really more about freddie mercury than anything else um i really liked it i i think i, I was talking to uh my family actually over the weekend about it um <laughs> because my sister had seen an article and i don't remember what publication it was but that was basically saying it was basically putting down the movie because Freddie Mercury wasn't gay enough. Um, and I would, I actually really liked what the movie did because I mean, if I don't know if you know anything about Freddie Mercury, he was, he was certainly um, deviant in his behavior. Um, but he was also not exactly closeted, but he, he was not proud of, the things that he did in his personal life, like his personal life did not extend out to his, his kind of um, what he broadcast on the stage. If that makes any sense. Well, Um, Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I remember like reading something. There was a woman that he ended up leaving his home to. And that it was like his first serious girlfriend or she was like, Mm -hmm. they were together for a while. And he ends up like saying, "Like you would have been my wife. I'm leaving. It's all of my stuff to you, anyways." Da 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 da. Like, and and he even says, "Like she was the best friend I ever had." Yep. And it's like, but he apparently liked dudes too. So yeah, 
Exactly. Exactly. Like it wasn't from my vantage point of the movie. It wasn't a, it wasn't a gay thing. It was, it was just that he was deviant. If that makes sense. Like he just played the field. Um, and it showed that in this movie because she plays a big part within the movie as well. Her name's Mary and, um, his relationship with her and how like, really he messed it all up. Like it was all his Mm. fault. And, um, and it shows kind of the emptiness of the, the consequence of his actions and the emptiness that, that he was given because of that. I mean, spoiler, if you don't know anything about Freddie Mercury, he, he died of AIDS so you can't really make him even in a movie form like a gay hero like that's not it's not really possible um but that's not that's also not what he would have wanted because that's not how he lived his life he wasn't trying to um to to publicize that even if he was a very uh flamboyant person like it was not his his sexual life is not something that he wanted talked about really if that makes any sense. And so I think the movie actually did a really good job of displaying that and the consequences of his actions as well and not making him a hero, which I really respect in today's current cultural climate. So well, um, I like it a lot. I'm, I'm kind of glad. Oh, geez. <clears throat> I, only had, <laughs> I only had one hot toddy, and uh, I thought the honey and lemon would really bring out my dulcet tones and instead it makes me sound like screech um uh, i'm sure dustin diamond appreciates the fact that we all remember him as the squeaky little uh nerd uh but uh anyways i don't know where i was going with that um no but i really do appreciate the fact that like there there's a part of me that's glad that this movie isn't sort of like all about like how Freddie was just some sort of like gay rights champion. Right. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too much into it, but I think it's, it's important to say like, listen, like, yeah, like that narrative has been hijacked Mm -hmm. in so many other, in so many other movies and stuff. And it's like, I mean, regardless of how you feel about it, like, and again, I don't want to have the, that particular conversation right now. Maybe at some other point in time, we can pull mm-hmm. some of that up um, when it's a little more, but it's like, it doesn't need to be the only thing that every, just because one, oh man, I'm, I'm going to probably put my feet in my mouth here. <laughs> um, but like one, I think, that it doesn't need to be the most important thing that we know about a person is what they right. want to sleep with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that always sort of like irks me because it, you know, just in general, it's like, this is the most important thing that you can know about me is that I am gay mm-hmm. or that I am this or, you know, and I'm like, those are not, that's, that's sort of, I, I have strong opinions on this. And Mm -hmm. I'm willing to discuss them, but I don't really, but I just feel like it's just like, it's one of those things where like the media has really banged on that drum to an extent where it's, it's distracting. And there are a lot of really intriguing stories. Like, like I'm not going to say like, I'm the world's biggest fan of queen. Like Mm -hmm. I'm probably like one of those guys that like knows the hits and maybe a couple others. Like Mm -hmm. everybody knows Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, like, 
I'll be honest, like the first time I really started listening to Queen was uh like from the guitar guitar hero games. Okay. Um, yeah. And like Bicycle and Killer Queen. Um mm-hmm. dude, I love those tracks and playing them and, and and as a result, like I sort of like went and picked up like some like, you know, discographies, you know, albums and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like I'm not like somebody who grew up on it or anything. Yeah. Um especially sort of given my my sort of upbringing. You know, not that mom and dad were like crazy fundies, but yeah, that yeah, <laughs> would've, we, wouldn't have flown. Yeah, yeah, we weren't playing Queen. We weren't listening to Bohemian Rhapsody, really. Um, but I just think like there's a lot more to tell about people when you sort of don't make it all about their sexual proclivities. Yep, like there's so much more to a person, and so I'm 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 personally glad that like they. Like, yeah, you need to observe it. You need mm-hmm. to. Like, right. you're, you're yeah. being dishonest if you don't. But, like, I'm so glad that they said, like, there is more to this story than just, like, Freddie Mercury liked dudes and died of AIDS. Mm-hmm. Like, right. yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And, and I'm looking forward to it, so... Yeah, um, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd recommend it. Um, and I know that that what's the guitarist Brian May and the drummer Roger don't know his last name. Uh, I know they were involved in kind of the making of the movie, or at least they were on set cool. while it was being filmed, or something. like They were consulted, and so I know uh, I'm I'm sure that had something to do with it as well. Because, um, like you said, it it seems like any movie that has that in it just has to have that person be a hero. You know, and it, and it just uh, I'm I'm very glad that the movie did not go there. Um, yeah, so it makes me I, excited I to see it. it. All right. So, report time. Crinkle those papers, my dude. <laughs> the report. Okay, what do you have to report on this week, Mr. McKeever? Well, um, I, like I said, I did some reading today. I'm, you know, sort of, I'm, I'm way behind on my reading in general. Okay. Just all over the place, like, and it's just sort of been in an, an, an issue of time management. Like, I just I'm not making it a priority the way I need to. Um, so it's definitely an area, and I feel like that's something that I've been like banging the drum on that the last couple of months. And I'm just like, okay, like maybe one of these days it'll stick. <laughs> I'll stop <laughs> sucking. Um, still reading. Uh, How should we then live? Uh, read read a good chunk of that today. It's actually getting into the part that I really enjoy, which is that like sort of like he's starting to dip in some of the like the philosophical stuff. Yeah. And little known fact, one of the times I dropped out of college, um, yes, one of the times there were multiple <laughs> times, uh, but I actually went to be a philosophy and literature major, and so oh, wow. I enjoy philosophy. Um, I uh, I enjoy philosophy and rhetoric actually quite a bit. And so, like, he's starting to hit on, like, notes where I'm, like, I feel like I can sort of, like, walk through some of that language where, and 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 the book's written, it's not very, like, the book is, like, scholarly in some ways, but it's not overly scholarly. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I feel like this is sort of, like, it's it's sort of a sweet spot for me. So, I'm, I'm really starting to enjoy that. Uh, I picked up a copy of the Al Mohler book that mm-hmm. Nathan recommended. And you apparently read earlier um, mm-hmm. in the year, so I'm looking forward to sort of like chewing through that because I like Al Mohler. I think he's yeah. a smart dude. Um, 
and I appreciate the briefing. Uh, I still have to read Powered Up. I got to finish Good and Angry, uh, and then you know, come December will be I. I got stuck with the other auxiliary pick, so oh, yeah. um, and maybe <laughs> is it going to be the Shadow of the Colossus? Well, are you playing it? Oh yeah. Okay, oh, so yes. then yeah, like you should be. I mean, like uh, that should give you plenty of time to like yeah. get it done, and uh, yeah. Um, so my memorization has kind of like. I've just sort of been holding fast and it's really like, I just, um, honestly, I could, I would covet and like anybody who's listening and wants to pray for me, pray that like, and, and this may, I hope this doesn't sound too weird. I really do. But just pray that the Lord like sort of lays it on my heart to like kick me in the pants here a little bit. So, um, cause it's, it's just been a real fight for me to sort of like press into that memorization the way I need to. Um, as far as games go, dude, I really haven't touched anything. Uh, I did, shortly after I finished Hollow Knight, um, I did sort of spend a few hours in Dead Cells and a few hours in Chasm, okay. mm-hmm. um, which are sort of, they're sort of run parallel. Like, they were all released yeah. for console sort of within the same time frame, and they're all sort of interpretations of the Metroidvania genre. Um so at some point in time, I am, I think I am going to sort of like dip back into those for a little bit and sort of, uh, chasm, I think is probably very beatable. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I've seen on dead cells, dead cells has like a lot of really cool loops. Um, like the way that it works is it's sort of a, it's a permadeath thing. And once you die, you start over from the beginning. And then every time you start over, it sort of randomly generates the dungeon. And so you run mm-hmm. through. And so it's, it's just a really interesting game. Uh, I really do like it. It's, it's sort of like a, a really fun gameplay loop, but yeah, I don't know if I'd ever really beat it. I, I just don't know okay. if I want to sort of invest the time in it. It depends. It really depends. Like I think how that like each one of those is sort of paced each one of those games plays very differently. And so, Oh, okay. Um, even though they are sort of all similar, um, you know, it's a similar sort of like upgrades, sort of, you know, gatekeeping Metroidvania sort of experiences. Yeah. Um, so, um, well, that's cool. I, I, I wasn't sure what to think exactly. I mean, I've heard tons of people talk about how good dead cells is, um, but it did sound like there was a lot of like dying and starting over and just making like very minimal progress to where I thought it was, I thought I had heard someone talk about how it's like a 30 hour game or they'd put like 30 hours into it. And I'm just like, I don't know if that I want to die and start over for 30 hours. Like that, yeah, that's kind of crazy, but, but I may like, be misremembering. It's kind of like, I, I wouldn't doubt that at all, but the way it's, it's like 30 hours, 20 minutes at a time. Okay. Like, okay. yeah, there's actually a timer. Like the one thing I thought was interesting about Dead Cells is there's a timer right on the screen as you're playing. Oh, okay. And there are actually timed gates in each level. Ah. Like, so that if you can get to them before the timer expires, like it'll open up like a bunch of like swag and stuff. I haven't mm-hmm. done, done that yet, but, uh, well, I didn't get around to it when I was playing it, but, um, 
Actually, and I, I don't I don't want to make too big a deal of, out of it, but like you and I had <laughs> talked about, I'm actually uh, just so for like I guess full disclosure for the listeners. I was really hesitant to say anything, but I feel like I just I, I, it's just easier to not <laughs> keep it a secret. Um, I'm not playing any video games for the month of November. Um, I'm just sort of it had been I'd been going hard at it and. Uh, just I felt like it was good to just it was a good idea for me to and it's not saying that like oh I was spending like tons and tons of time but I just felt like it was good for me to step back and maybe sort of like put a cap on it for a little bit and uh breathe for a minute and and like mm-hmm. I said I've got a ton of reading that I got to do um and what I found is that um uh, what I found in the the couple of weeks that I have been doing this is that pretty much uh I will find a way to waste time. <laughs> so anyways, so that's what I have for the report. How about you, man? Cool. Um, well, uh, as far as reading, I did start reading through the Conviction to Lead again. Okay. Um, got it on audiobook, and I did audiobook the first time through. Um, you, as you had mentioned, I did read this book earlier in the year, which makes me feel really stupid. Um, because reading through it again, I'm like, man, there's so much good stuff here. Um, and, and part of that, I think it, it has to do with me and kind of the areas that I've been growing and I've been working on over the past year. Um, especially so, so the book is called the conviction to lead. So it's principles of leadership, um, particularly Christian leadership because it's Al Mohler. And, um, that's something that we've been kind of talking and thinking a lot about it at work at church um, because we got a, a senior pastor. He's been there a little over a year now, a year and a month or two and uh, and leadership just within his groups. I mean, uh, well, I, I don't know how much we necessarily want to go into it, but it, it's kind of a, especially at, at a semi-large church, mid-sized church um, kind of taking the reins of it and, and building the teams when a lot of your, your team is already in place. Like he's kind of having to um, shift the culture a little bit, just the work culture, you know, the way that people work. And so a lot of the, the stuff he's been talking to the staff about, it has to do with leadership. So I've changed a lot over the course of the year, but it's also um, kind of a, a, a gut punch to, to read this again and be like, I missed all this. Like I didn't put any of this into play. And, um, and so rereading it, I, I actually did listen to it all the way through, um, very quickly again, but I'm planning on going back and listening to it again and taking notes so that I can start to apply these things. Cause I think it's, it's an area in my own life where I can continue to grow, um, where I know I, I tend to be much more passive and I need to, to grow in the area of, of, really kind of leading where God has put me in a leadership position. Yeah. So, um, so it's really good. Um, and it, it, I say that knowing full well that it's, it's, it's speaking to me on a level of like very practical on a very practical level, not just like maybe, maybe my headspace when I read it before was kind of like, Oh, those are cool things to know. Whereas now it's like, Oh, those are really cool things that I need to put into practice. So I need to continue to, to kind of think through these things and, and see how I can put them into practice. Um, so that's been really good. Uh, in terms of memorization, I have not 
added anything at all. I've really just kind of focused on what I what I've had. So you know, I hit that fifteen verse mark that I had been trying to hit for a long time, and so just can kind of solidifying what I do have. Yeah. Um. Instead of instead of going any farther, so um, kind of I feel like a, a broken record. I feel like I say this every time. I should be spending more time with that, and I haven't been. Um, I'm starting to feel like kind of what you said about it. It does take a, a good chunk more time to go through all the verses now than it did when you know I only had a handful of verses. Um, but I also don't want to make excuses. Um, I, I do need to to be spending more time with scripture memorization. Um, I did start actually just to kind of as as a way as is a quick little implementation to to start off my day so my day usually starts come downstairs um put in my contacts and then i immediately start making coffee uh i've started the past few days of doing kind of what you said reading through the proverbs you know once a day um because there's 31 proverbs so it's pretty simple to know where you are and um and just like turning on my phone or whatever on my little um Bible app of just whatever proverb it is today and kind of listening through it as I'm making my coffee in the morning just to kind of start my day off because you know I mean otherwise otherwise it's it's I'll I'll immediately go to you know Facebook or email or something yeah just something that I'll just one of those time waster kind of things where I don't realize you know how much time that I'm spending on it or just just starting my brain off thinking about like oh what are they into what's the news going on you know what what emails am i getting what things are going on out there instead of like oh no you know especially with proverbs like what is wisdom you know what what is folly what are these things that really kind of help to to um to start off the day really yeah so that's been, that's been pretty cool i'm um, glad i'm glad to hear that yeah it's 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 nice and it's and it's so simple too because i mean seriously like when when i'm listening to the proverb it's you know a minute or two like mm-hmm. it's really short um but of course scripture is also very rich so i found myself sometimes like listening to it two or three times just because i'm like i don't think i got all that i need to i need to check it again so yeah, yeah that's right been on, cool man. Um, in terms of games, you know, last time I had, I had knocked off a bunch of uh, the games that I had on my backlog. So I'm currently kind of cleaning up a few games. Um, you know, I've, I've mentioned before that I'm borrowing Mario Odyssey from someone and I've had it for a long time. Um, so I've been playing through that mostly. Um, I just made it to Bowser's Kingdom. Okay. So I think I'm towards the end, but I've also heard there's like three endings to the game. So I'm probably only like halfway through the game. I don't know how long I'm going to have it because I, I, I'm not going to try and complete it before I give it back because I've already had it a while. But what were you going to say? Well, okay. So, like, you beat the game and <laughs> then there's, like, additional exploration that you can do. Uh-huh. And that's when it gets, like, super bonkers and crazy. And okay. That's, like, when, like, you find, like, like the thousand moons or whatever, power moons oh or whatever gosh. they are. <laughs> so, uh yeah i'm just like nah bro <laughs> nah like i'll probably go yeah. but that's that's a game that i would probably go back at some point in time and maybe like sort of chip away at but i know some guys yeah. just like they were like i'm gonna get all 1000 moons i was like that's good mm-hmm. for you <laughs> okay you know and, yeah and the look on my face is like you're a crazy person and you probably <laughs> need to be medicated um <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, that, that's kind of what I was thinking. Because again, I've had this for months now, um, and it really should not have taken me this long. Like, I feel bad every time I see him. Um, I'm just like, I'll get it back to you. I'm sorry. And he's just like, it's no big deal. I'm not going to play it. Like, you're you're fine. I just feel like, oh, this is taking me way longer than it should have. Um, so I want to get it back to. It. So I'm probably gonna. I'm probably going to finish it and then, you know, see if there's stuff that I need that that has kind of opened up t- for exploration because I think that's a big thing in that game is is it's so much fun to just explore. Yeah. Um so so I'll see about the extra stuff, but I'm thinking once I finish it and I'm assuming that the save file is saved to my system and not the card yeah. um that I'll give that back to him and then eventually down the road, if I see it on sale or something, I'll pick it up yeah. and that's when I'll kind of finish it out. Um, cause I just feel bad playing <laughs> someone else's game for so long. Uh, um, I've also been cleaning up in, uh, overcooked. So this was a game that I got when I first got my switch Yeah, and I've been playing it with my wife. Like it's a, it's a game that we play together. Um, but I've gotten towards the end of the game where you need to have a certain, like you need to have done really well in the early levels to gain the the start. They they grade you in the early levels, yeah. and so you need to get high rankings on the old levels, and those rankings open up the later levels. So uh, I've gone back and played through single player, which is a trip because you're having to manage multiple things. Instead of I take this half of the screen and my wife takes this half of the screen, like I have to do both and go between them, and it's weird. Um, but it's fun. It's challenging. So I've cleaned up that stuff and I'm towards the end of the game. I just don't want to beat it by myself. I want to beat it with my wife. So I'm kind of, kind of doing like the, the three stars for every, or however, is it three stars? That Yeah. Yeah. Three stars. Yeah. That's what I've done. I've gone back and gotten three stars on every other level. So, so we just, we just beat the, I think it's the fifth world. So each uh, after the fifth world, what's opened up is an extra level in each other world. And um, so up to that point, I've gotten three stars on all the other levels. So it's, that was fun. Dude, that's, that's, uh, I, that's something that like, I think I need to pick that up at some point in time because I keep hearing really good things about it. And my wife would probably appreciate me playing. Like, I don't know, though. Like, we tried to play a couple games together. And it does not go super well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know that I would recommend it then. Um, just because I'm not, well, I, I don't know what your dynamics would be because uh, it's definitely, it is, it's a simple, the game is simple in concept, mm. but it puts you in situations that are stressful. Mm. And so, and so you have to kind of, try and communicate with each other while you're playing um, while at the same time things pile up and you get stressed and you focus on your own thing. And then you're like, Oh, what are they doing? No, they're messing this thing up. They're taking my ingredient. You know, they're not, they're not doing, they're not going in tandem with what I'm doing. And I'm, I don't know how to talk because I've got all these things. So um, I don't know if it, if that sounds interesting it's definitely a really fun game. I've only played a handful of games with my wife. She's not a gamer. Um, we we played through Kirby's Epic Yarn. We did some Guitar Hero. Um, what are some of the other ones? No, they don't come to mind at the moment, but we've only played a handful of games together. Um, but she does like this one. and uh, But it does, like, both of us can get pretty 
I don't know if frustrated is the right word. It's <laughs> not like I've heard on the internet, you know, this this game will end your marriage, blah, 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 blah. It's it's not been that bad, but it's def, but it's it's been more like frustrated with the level and then very understanding between us of like, oh yeah, of course you didn't know what I was thinking or, you know, something something like that. I'm competitive, but I'm not really like I'm not going to like, she doesn't play video games as much as I do. I'm not going to be upset at her for not immediately knowing exactly what to do in this game. I I think for me, it's the, when my wife and I play, we, we will play competitively from time to time. Yeah. It's when she cleans my clock and then I get mad. Like, (laughs) like, I'm like, I'm like, not like we were playing Tetris and she just, okay. And it's like one of those things like too, it's like, I also know it's like, once you like sort of like, Especially in Tetris, right? We were playing like this competitive Tetris and mm-hmm. she started beating me and I was like, I have to keep my cool because like you lose <laughs> your cool in this game and like it will just crush you. That's what like that's the thing that gets you in, in Tetris. Mm-hmm. It's not like yeah. oh like the but and it was just like the the more frustrated I got, like the the, the quicker I would lose. <laughs> yeah. Like it was like yeah. after a while I was like we just need to stop playing. I can't play this anymore. Like, <laughs> like boom. And I just sat and stared at the TV for a while, you know, just, um, but she's actually, That's my funny. wife has been, actually been playing, uh, that, that crash insane trilogy. And, oh, okay, cool. And, uh, cause you know, that's not really my jam. Um, uh-huh. but she likes it. And that's sort of like, it's a throwback to when she was growing up and a kid. And so she's been playing that. Yeah. And then it's, it's funny because, I watch her get frustrated with the levels and I just like, I'm like, that's not me. Huh. Yeah. It's not my thing. Have fun, <laughs> honey. <laughs> you have fun with that. <laughs> yeah. The, bringing up Tetris. That reminds me, we, pl- we used to play a lot of Bomberman. Okay. Um, so there's that, there's that as well. Um, was really fun. So, so this is a little different though, because overcooked is like, I mean, actually we have not played any of the, um, the, Oh gosh, what do you call it? competitive? We've not played it competitively. We've only played the co-op mode. And so like it's not again like the frustration is more with the levels and not necessarily yeah. with each other because it feels so awesome to like finally beat a level. It's just like, yeah, we did it. Um so so I would take almost the opposite of approach approach of kind of like building that relationship instead of instead of no like, that, that might be that might be frustrated. something good for me to pick up and sort of see if she's interested at least yeah so yeah i know it's on sale on switch right now it's it's like 10 bucks okay. i think that's what i paid for it so it's like half price okay um outside of that played a little bit of Sim- uh, symphony of the night Jeez, no uh shadow of the colossus i was looking at the the abbreviation and it's almost the same except the c at oh the end yeah yeah I didn't even um, think about so, that. <laughs> I didn't either until I made that mistake. Uh, yeah, Shadow of the Colossus. I've beaten four Colossi at this point, I think. The the dude with the sword is the last one that I fought. That's three. So, right? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so was the horse before that one or after that horse one? Horse is after the night. Okay, then I beat the horse. Mm. There you go. The next um, one is really good. Is that the bird? It's, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's really good. It's it's we were we were actually I was watching Micah Hendrick stream it today and mm-hmm. uh I was we were sort of talking back and forth like Avion is that that Colossi's name. Okay. And he's awesome. 
that fight is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. The one It's nerve-wracking. Oh, it's <laughs> yes. Um the one that gets me though more is Hydrus. Um I don't know. The, the eel? Yes. That is simultaneously my favorite fight and my least favorite fight like with the Colossi. It's because when you do it, it's awesome. Like when you uh-huh. nail that, it's freaking awesome. But also I get like really weird. Like one in, in real life, I, I am not real big on heights. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> then that initial jump is, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit, but for me, it's like, okay. And even, even when Micah was, was, uh, going up to the Knights tower, um, mm-hmm. like his platform up there. And I was, I was watching that and I was like, man, like the water in that game makes me nervous. I don't know yeah. what it is like when I'm swimming as a wander. Like, I, I know I just made a bunch of like weird noises there, people. Like there was like a convulsion. Like <laughs> it, that water for whatever reason in that game, like it feels menacing. I don't know. Yes. Like it's so, it's not just me. Okay. I'm glad. No, I- Okay, I wasn't sure if we'd had this conversation before because everything that you're saying is exactly how I feel as well. Um, the The reason that I specifically remember the eel, and that might have been the last one that I had I had actually beaten. Um, my wife can tell you the story because she was in the room when I was playing it originally, you know, years ago. And I, I think twice throughout the fight, I had to pause the game and set the controller down because it was so visceral the uh the, like it, and I was talking even even uh, last month I was talking with some people and we were talking about video games and and we were talking about horror games in general and the question was posed what is the most scared you've ever been playing a video game like have you ever been scared playing a video game and what's the most scared you'd ever been and honestly that is that is the the one time that I can think of and I mm. I th- think it has something to do with i i have a slight irrational fear of really deep water um, uh, there's say nothing slight. irrational about that fear dude <laughs> sharks live in deep water things that yeah. are way bigger than me and have lots of teeth and are basically muscle <laughs> right and and like as much as as much of the world that we have explored like honestly the the sea yeah. we don't really know what's down there you know there we Humans can only go so far before our bodies literally start to implode on us because of the pressure. So, so, so we don't even know what could possibly be down. Anyways, anyways. Well, dude, now that we're on just like brief tangent, <laughs> like you got me thinking about the Marianas Trench. Have you ever uh-huh. like, like Googled the stuff that they find? Like when they go down below, like, like, so they, they'll send like probes down that are built to withstand okay. And like the further down they go, the weirder it gets. I'm sure. Like I, because you need to like animals down there need to be able to withstand that type of pressure. I mean, it's a totally different atmosphere. So anyways, (laughs) (laughs) anyways, so, so, and well, I do say that it's slight because honestly it's, it's one of those, like I, I do say that it's a phobia because I can, like I I'll go out and and swim. It's not a big deal. It's if I stop and think about it, I'll get freaked out. So mm. if I just don't think like I can intentionally 
stop thinking about it, think about something else, and I'm fine. It's only if I'm confronted with it that uh, that my brain starts thinking of weird things and oh what did, what was that brushing up against my leg you know oh, okay. um, and so and so that initial when you walk over to where that eel is and the darkness of the water and the ruins around that area and then the kind of glittering glow of it underneath the water was so freaky to me mm. that that entire fight was um was difficult to get through. I just felt it viscerally. Um, and, oh, and, and some of it has to do with the art style of the game as well. I feel like it's almost kind of like a, not quite a fever dream, but it has that kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, kind of smeared quality that looks really good and holds up really well. Um, but it's almost like, maybe it's just the blur that they put on it. I don't even know. I, I haven't sat and thought about it. But the game feels very um, surreal. Yeah, that's the way to put it. So, anyways, uh, haven't gotten there, and in going up against the dude with the sword and getting in the water, I was like, "Oh, oh, I am gonna feel this again," uh, because I was hoping, like, "Oh, now I've played more video games. I'm better at these things. It's not that big of a deal." And you even um, know what's coming. There's nothing exactly. in that pond. Nothing. <laughs> but it just yeah. Like I I. Like I get weird and tense and cringy and it's, yeah. and I, I've played that game. Like I have logged dozens of hours into that game. Mm-hmm. I love those games. And it's like, I'm thinking about it. And it's like, yeah, when I do come back to this, um, cause I'm probably going to like do a run through it in December. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like when I come back to this, man, I, I'm just like, Oh, I'm going to get in that water. And I'm going to feel all skeevy and weird. <laughs> and anxious and yeah. uh, oh boy <laughs> yeah the the only other game that's given me a similar reaction is monster hunter try on wii i played it on wii and in that game you start hunting monsters underwater and that got me as well and it's different because with that game the water is clearer you can see around you but it's so slow moving and the monster, I mean, you know, they're basically like dinosaurs, right? They like, you can have multiple ones that you go up against. And so it's hard to maneuver around and they're coming at you. Oh, and, it, no. and, and yeah, it, it just freaked me out too much. Like I, I just have a thing of diving underwater in video games and, and seeing what is beneath the depths. I don't know what it is. But um, I, I, I completely stopped playing that game because of that. I was like, I see where this is going, and it's going to have me do this, you know, dozens of times, and I'm not, I'm not going to do oh, this. Oh, no. So I stopped playing that game for that reason. But um, Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my backlog report. Well, um, speaking. Because brevity is not our strong suit. Oh, dude, we're terrible at it. <laughs> we're so good at being bad at brevity. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> well, a little bit of a segue since we were talking about being skeeved out and scared of water. Ah, we are going to be talking about something else that you know, in a lot of ways, was was pretty scary. Um, I mean, it was a different type of scary. Mm-hmm. It's not the type of scary where it's like wreaking havoc on my psyche because of the unknown in water but more of like <laughs> space zombies are going to t- eat me 
and I'm going to mm-hmm. die horribly. Um, <laughs> so we're we're going to be talking about Dead Space, man. Um, it's space. it was our our backlog sort of pull up for October, our spooky game. Uh, and just you know, so that we have it in print or well, this isn't print. Oh, geez, awesome radio, people, awesome. Um, but so that go down in the annals of history. Yeah, it's it's going to be locked into the ether forever, and I will be held. But uh, next year, let's do Silent Hill too. Um, you know, you know. All right. So, and then I can be creeped out and skeeved out in in other ways. In, a, in another way. <laughs> completely different way um i like it but yeah so we play dead space uh i don't know like i love that game i'm actually uh-huh. uh one of the things i'm probably gonna do uh when i do start playing again is i'm i'm gonna make a serious run at the platinum because i like the game that much and i feel like mm-hmm. they're definitely like dude like uh so as, as we've been thinking about it uh and and just for anybody who hasn't played it, one the game is like twenty years old. What was it? Ten. It's, ten. It's ten. Yeah. yeah. Two thousand eight. So it's, it's ten years old at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to worry too much about spoilers. But if you are worried about spoilers, here's the part that just probably stop listening. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So spoiler yeah, we're gonna, warning. We're gonna deep dive in here. But uh, I, you know, just sort of like in hindsight, there was some there's some stuff that I don't think has aged well. Uh, you okay. know, like that last level in general, I felt okay. was like really, it was probably the weakest part of the game, in my opinion, uh-huh. um, that part, like it was interesting in some ways, but like, I don't, I don't know the way that I thought about doing this was maybe, and I know we hadn't really talked about this, but sort of like, sort of starting at the beginning, running through sort of like chapter by chapter, um, if we had uh-huh. any thoughts um any standout moments from each chapter and you know that way we could just hit any standout moments we have in general so there are one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve chapters i knew Mm -hmm. that but i I figured i'd count them just because that's good radio (laughs) um so a little bit of a history of the game real quick i like i I was saying a couple weeks ago uh, i think i had said that ea or not EA, but that's Sony. Sony. I closed mm-hmm. the studio. They were actually an EA-owned studio. Uh, ah. uh, Visceral Games. Uh, this was this was their first real big game. Uh, and it was published by EA. And it was sort of a, you know, a big deal uh, for these guys. Yeah. They, they got two more games out of it. And I think I'm not 100%. But I think they were actually involved in a Star Wars project at one point in time. But EA shut them huh. down um, a few months ago. Yeah, it's saying uh, it dissolved and they merged into EA Vancouver and EA Montreal. Um, so Wikipedia here is just saying, like, you know, it was founded in 1998 um, and then October 17th, 2017. Oh, wow. So about a year ago, uh, just shy of 20 years. Uh, this is actually, uh, Amy Hennig was attached to them for a while. And so, yeah, this, this was the studio that was doing the, the now defunct, uh, EA Star Wars project that got canceled anyways. Gotcha. But EA is the one who shut them down, not Sony. So I was wrong. My bad. Um, (laughs) but, uh, anyways, there's 12 chapters to this game. Uh, 
the sort of short version is you play the 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 character's name is Isaac. He's like an engineer mm-hmm. or something, and you're headed towards the the Ishimura, which is where Isaac's girlfriend was actually stationed. And it sort of opens up, you know, whatever. But uh, the first chapter, New Arrivals, is basically uh, the shuttle. You're in there with sort of this, like, some military personnel and another engineer or whatever. And you land, and the shuttle's kind of dead. It's quiet. Um, At first, it seems it's just like a a comms issue. But then you get on there. It turns out, no, it's space zombies. (laughs) <laughs> um, so what like what was your no is this your first ever experience with dead space josh yes okay yeah it was i I picked up a couple of the games before um but this was my first time actually playing through them okay so and and i went in blind yeah i don't i don't think i'd, I'd heard people talk about the games so i had like an idea oh so i guess it's not necessarily my first time with the series. I had played Dead Space Extraction on Wii, okay. which is a rail shooter, an on-rail shooter. Um, and I probably got through like three quarters of that game, but I didn't finish that one out. So I had an idea of like what necromorphs were, um, that there was this weird kind of like uh, cult that was that had kind of sort of helped create them. But it was all kind of vague. I didn't, I didn't really remember much. Um, so yeah, it was the first time through this game. Um, I think while like the, the initial kind of like traveling on the ship to the Ishimura was kind of boring, <laughs> it was kind of long while they just kind of did like a exposition dump. Um, I think once you got there, things ramped up and that initial scene of like trying to get back to your ship and having it explode and then the necromorphs come out was uh was really cool. I liked that part a lot. Yeah. Of just kind of like grabbing, you know, whatever you had the the uh plasma cutter and like shooting away at the at the necromorphs. I I just sort of remember um the first time I played this and how so there's there's like probably like 10 minutes of the game including that sort of exposition dump where the shuttles pulling in and all that. <laughs> That you know, and they're sort of like, you know, right stick turns the camera, and they're like, uh-huh. move the right, yeah. You know, so you're doing all the dumb tutorial stuff, but I remember like that ten minutes without like the the laser cutter, uh, I just or the plasma mm-hmm. cutter, I just remember like, especially like when the necromorphs drop in that first time and they kill everything in the room. Yeah, I was just uh-huh. remember going, oh, and I probably said some bad words, um, <laughs> you, you know. And and so you're you're unarmed and you're just like running. It's like this is this this press this but hold this button to run and just I'm running everywhere. I'm like oh no oh no I don't want the space zombies to get me. And um, but yeah that that part you know and I think like too it's like it's it's I think it sets the tone. But there's that part where you like run into the elevator and the necromorph drops down. I don't yeah. know if you remember this. And it's yeah. like it's like trying to force the doors open, and then the doors come and it goes and like basically chops off its arms or something. And I was like, "Yeah, oh boy." <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that part was because yeah, because you felt so vulnerable because you're you're in this claustrophobic area, mm-hmm. and it just 
you think you're gonna die like like i i was thinking oh does my main character die at this point and like i get a different one like what is going on because it felt like yeah it just felt like you were right about to die at that point so i mean aside from you you already said like the end of the mission you come back to the shuttle like you you re you fix the the tram which sort of becomes actually like the big like sort of nexus in between missions is -hmm. that the tram system. So you fix the tram system in this. um, But then, yeah, when you're all said and done, you go back to the shuttle and the shuttle blows up, you know, a little deus ex machina there and (laughs) so explodes, Uh, you know, it was perfectly fine, you know, before you guys left, but now it's just like, (laughs) Oh, no, it it blows up. Um, (laughs) Was there anything else about the first chapter that sort of like jumped out to you or, because, I mean, like, in, in a lot of ways, it was, like, it sets the stage, but it's it's probably, in, in, in a lot of ways, like, the least substantial as far as, like, what you're actually doing. I feel like everything else, yeah. like, every other chapter is, like, way meatier um, and, and yeah. is sort of, like, content, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing that I can think of is, like, what you had mentioned earlier when, when you first see the Necromorphs and they're killing people. Um, I just think that was done very well with like the glass rooms that you're in basically. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of see what's going on. Um, It was, yeah, it was just, it was very effective in creating that, like (laughs) that tension of just like run, get out of there because everyone is dying. Yeah. Well, and I remember like too, like when that, that they first drop out of the ceiling and it's just like stalking behind the one dude and it's got like, it's like, it's like praying mantis arms and it's just kind of like <laughs> walking there. And I'm like, dude, turn around, bro, bro. Oh, oh no. Like he did. He way did. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so the, the, this, this mission sort of culminates with like the tram system is offline. You reestablish a tram system, which I say, which like, uh, blah, blah, mm. Nate talk pretty someday. Um, but the tram system sort of becomes like the hub that um, you move, you progress through the different levels in. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, a lot of it's sort of like exposition. But I think even the way like, okay, so like aside from the exposition dump, like even the way they sort of like ease you into the game is just very, I think, very telling. Like um, one of the things that always stands out to me about this game is that the fact that there is no HUD. Um, yeah. It's all like, and no, it's not this, like they, they sort of like cheat their way around that. Your life is actually sort of like indicated by that, that meter on Isaac's back. Right. And you can see like the ammo count, like has like a little display. Um, and right. I remember playing this on an old tube TV on my 360. And like, I, I didn't know that those numbers were actually real for years. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then I played it on like a, a flat screen at one point, and I was like, "Oh, a, a larger flat screen." I was like, "You can actually read that." <laughs> oh, that's neat. <laughs> like you know, that uh, comes in handy. That's that's neat. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I I think that that is a really cool, and I hadn't quite like noticed it. What I noticed was how when you're talking with someone, your comm system shows up like the 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 video com shows up on the screen and as your character as Isaac turns so does that screen so it it actually looks like a almost like a projection that's mm-hmm. there 
Um, and so that was really cool. But it wasn't until I think you had pointed it out how there really isn't a HUD to this game that um, that I noticed it and thought that, like, my brain had not made that connection because it was such a seamless process of like, yeah. oh, yeah, his, his health is right there. His ammo is right there. But it definitely, it helps because um, because of what the game is trying to do. Like, you want to be able to see what's going on and not being paying attention to, you know, bars and meters and, and numbers all over the screen. And, and you want to pay attention to what is going on in front of you because oftentimes, uh, like, it, you only have so long before it comes right up in your face and and um the the other thing about the game is is that it uses um the 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 term that the that i've heard um is the, it uses strategic dismemberment and so like basically yeah. you aim for the limbs of any of the enemies and your shots will do w- way more damage um and so it it requires you to to um be able to pinpoint where your enemies are and be able to fire at specific targets rather than just kind of blatantly shooting. Um, mm. Which is interesting with, with a horror game where uh, you're often kind of freaked out and it's, and it's difficult to, to kind of think in those terms of, of precision. Um, but, but the game kind of forces you to do that even when it's... Like, you can't just turn around and, and look away from, from the scary thing that's on your screen. Like, no, you have to face it head on and you have to be more precise... Otherwise, it's not going to die, and it's going to get you. So it's going to um, get you. <laughs> so I, I think I think it, the the design of the game um, was done like they they really kind of thought through how they wanted you to experience this game, and it shows with the design of of how you shoot the enemies and how you're actually able to see what's going on. Now, that said, there's definitely like dynamic lighting that goes on throughout the game, and so a lot of things are also obscured. Um, you're going through like tunnels and corridors, and so you, you hear things. I mean, there's a lot of, of things that are obscured about the game, but it never feels like, oh, there's all this stuff getting in the way. It's just like, no, this is just really creepy, and I can't see because the lights aren't on. You know? Yes. So. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, uh, it's just, it, like I said, like visually in hindsight, like I think like the fact that like the HUD is designed the way, and just like, there's so much of this game, like this, this game was really like, in, in a lot of ways, like I think a labor of love, like there's so much sort of like mm-hmm. painstaking detail and, and I get it. Like, yeah. you know, in some ways that, that's not as quick or whatever, but like the, the intentionality that I think you can sort of like, and I, I, I don't have a better word for it, people. It's just like deal with my buzzwords. Right. But the intentionality behind everything and sort of even in decisions like saying, okay, like we're going to strip out the HUD. We're going to like use this because it's sort of, it's less distracting and it's sort of, it's a little more immersive. You know, we're going to really play with the lighting um, even the strategic dismemberment just feels like, you know, that sort of using that phrase, just, ugh, it's a kind of a, it's a visceral phrase. Um, yes. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, it, it is funny that the, the, the team was took on that moniker because that, that is one thing I would describe about the game that it is certainly visceral anyways. But um, yeah. So if you don't have anything else, 
let's move on to the next chapter, which I don't know. Like, dude, I, I, so you, you, you fix the tram and you uh-huh. move on to the med lab and you get to the med lab and there's, you know, there's a thing in the way and you got to blow it up. And, uh, I think at this point in time too, like when you get there, it actually introduces, and, and it might do this at the end of the first chapter, but it introduces the store and the power-up yeah. bench. Uh, uh-huh. Like I said, they might do this in the first chapter, but you'll collect these things called nodes, and nodes are how you upgrade. Um, there, It's also useful to keep nodes um, to unlock doors with to safe rooms and stuff. Uh, and I've said this before. I think I said it last episode, but... Um, an easy like a, a way to sort of make this game much more manageable, much easier to sort of like go through is upgrade your plasma cutter only. Don't worry about investing in other weapons. Um, you don't really need them, but upgrade in your plasma cutter and upgrade in your rig or your suit, your armor or whatever, uh-huh. and just yeah. dump upgrades into those. Buy upgrades for your suits every chance you get. Yeah. And when it comes to your rig, air can really be like there are different things, but air can uh, be the last thing, but that you worry about. But um, yeah, upgrade your plasma cutter, work on that, and honestly, if all you do is just you hold on to a couple nodes for when you find one of those emergency doors, you'll be fine. Yeah, like you know, I I honestly feel like the other weapons, as neat as they are, are sort of a distraction, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a few things like, so this is where the game really starts to open up. This is where you get the stasis module, right? um, which I think the first time I ever played it, I used that thing. There's actually an achievement for like freezing a bunch of enemies. Okay. <laughs> like, and so I, I, I popped that very early on because oh, I, okay. would, I would basically freeze everything and then shoot their legs off. Um, yeah. Which sort of becomes like one of the sort of like the gameplay loops, but there's the the stasis module, which basically slows things down. So when there are doors or whatever um, that you need to stay in place for a few minutes, it, it locks it for like I don't know five ten seconds or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it introduces the the stasis module, and there are some. I think this is also when you first encounter the vacuums and the zero gravity stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the one of the things that's pretty neat about this game, I I think, is like, I I'm not saying that other games didn't do it, but the way that this game plays around with gravity is pretty interesting. Um, yeah. It and it, and I think like too, it really because like one of the things it does is when you're in zero gravity, you can sort of like aim at a, a zone or an area and then jump to it, and you'll reorient. So like. If you're standing on the ceiling, then the ceiling becomes like that. That ceiling becomes your your floor or whatever, and the camera reorients yeah. to adjust for that, which can be really kind of disorienting, yeah, in a lot of ways. And so I thought that yeah. that was like that's one of my sort of like favorite little moments. Um, it can often be difficult to like know where you've come from because you've kind of wandered around in in. 
I was going to say in circles, but it's not in circles, in spheres. <laughs> I don't know how you say it. Um, where where you've kind of shot around the room so much that you don't know literally which way is up because you might be standing on the ceiling or you might be standing on a wall. And so, yeah, I, I found myself like very disoriented at times when I was just so focused on killing the enemies that were in the room and kind of jumping around and dodging in order to in order to kill them before before thinking about like where I actually needed to be in the room. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely well done. I'm not saying that to say that it was done poorly. It actually, it was done so well that it, it actually like, um, had me, it, it's more immersive that way. You're talking about buzzwords. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that one out there. It's more immersive because <laughs> it feels more like it would in the moment if you were actually there rather than a video game kind of guiding you where you need to go. If that makes sense. No, and I think that's like, yeah, that's definitely like, um, this is actually like, so when they start introducing things like the vacuum and the zero gravity stuff, that's when I actually start using, um, I don't know if you ever had to do it, but you can use like on the, the PlayStation, I played it on my PlayStation three. It's, I think you click down on the right stick and like okay. he holds out his hand and a little line of light shoots oh, down yeah, on the yeah. ground. That's actually, yeah, I use it all the time. Yeah, I had to, I had to, because like a lot of times, like, especially like when you're jumping around from wall to wall and ceiling to floor and all that, like after a while, you're like, where am I supposed to be going? Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was super helpful. Um, and the other thing, because you're mentioning the vacuum as well, um, I think it, it I don't know if we want to just jump right into this whole conversation, but when you go into a vacuum, you're not able to hear anything around you, mm. which is which is stark contrast to the rest of the game where not that the game has any music or, or has a lot of like, I, I don't remember, honestly, whether or not it has music, but he, being able to hear around you is a big part of this game because and, and the game kind of fakes fakes you out a lot of the time as well. But you hear like running you know on on your right side play the game in stereo i mean i don't know who would play it in mono but like make sure that you're listening to the game because the the sound design is done really well it change it's dynamic so it changes as enemies are you know flanking you or whatever um and there's a lot a lot that this game tells you through sound through audio cues that when you go into a vacuum are no longer there and it's almost even more unsettling when an enemy jumps out right in front of you and you and all you can hear is Isaac's heavy breathing. Ugh. You know? <laughs> so. Well, and it's like since since you sort of brought it up, I there is some music in the game, but it's okay. used sort of in a oh, way yeah, yeah. to basically anytime you hear the music and you can like notice it, that is a cue that things are about to go real bad. Yeah, real yeah. fast. Um, th- but yeah, a lot of it is just sort of like ambient sound, like creaking, right? And sort of like like scurrying and thumping, and oh, it's, it's enough to make you almost pop out of your skin sometimes. <laughs> so. Yeah, and and that's why I mean, you know, we mentioned it earlier. That's why I do think the game is is visceral or immersive is because it doesn't it it's not um you know it it doesn't play rock music to make you feel like you know like you're in control the whole time like yeah a lot of what you're hearing are like the whirring and the buzzing of motors and electrical equipment 
and kind of just what you'd imagine you'd be hearing in a huge ship anyway. So, um, so yeah, when something does, when you hear something out of the ordinary, it's because something is going on. Like it's actually cueing you into something that's going to happen. Um, like when enemies jump out and there's a, and there's a music sting, um, and you like throw your controller. <laughs> Dude, this is also the level where they introduce the baby things with the, okay. the, the three tentacles. Um, uh, they are kind of the worst. Um, yeah. There's actually uh, on on PlayStation Network. There's actually a trophy for like because like if they jump on you and they will from time to time, it like you can actually engage like in the little like quick time jam on the X button a bunch of times, yeah. and then you pick it off and you throw it, and then Isaac stomps it, and you do that enough times, and you actually pop a trophy. So, <laughs> um. So there wasn't any like I think like serious fight like it was just a bunch of necromorphs. I think maybe yeah. you ended up fighting like an upgraded one, which is a little harder than the others. But you actually meet like there's there's this like kind of doctor I think in who's a little insane, and you hear. I don't think you actually like talk to him in this one, but you hear him. You sort of like hear his ranting and his raving. You might might yeah. meet him a little bit, but it's not like a big deal. But then, um, yeah, yeah. After you get the stuff, you make you go get a shock pad and something else, and you make a bomb and you blow this thing up, and then you get the 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 mulligan that you need, and away you go to the next chapter. <laughs> yeah. the The only other thing, if I can just interject yeah. real quick, is that um, there are these enemies that it in- that this level introduces that revive corpses. <gasps> oh, the and. Bat thingy, gross. Uh, Yeah, yeah, and they're not particularly difficult. Like mechanically, I never found them very annoying. But the image of you know a dead engineer in the corner and this weird like leech slash almost like the um what's it thing what's that thing called in uh, Stranger Things demigorgon okay um sort of thing that like opens its face up and sucks in. Uh, a corpse and turns it into a zombie was very unsettling for, to watch. For me, what they reminded me of is if the face huggers from Aliens had yeah. giant bat wings, <laughs> and like because that's like they'll actually like fly over the corpse, right? So they're the, the sort of like flying. Yeah. They'll but they'll fly over the corpse and then they'll land but there's like a proboscis sort of thing that descends to the corpse and you can shoot that off. And it's really, uh-huh. really gnarly when you do, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, they're, they're pretty gross too. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> 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 oh. yeah, that's, that's the only other thing I could think about that level that, uh, that stuck out. So, uh, moving on to chapter three, you, you finish, you get your mulligans, you move on to chapter three. Uh, this chapter is actually called course correction. And so it has to do with something with correcting the course. Uh, <laughs> you know, like the, the, the plot points in this game, like the storyline in this game really isn't in, I, I think in a lot of ways, like it's not in like, okay, like you're in this part of the ship and like there's this story beat. It's really about like running into the different characters. And they, like like mm-hmm. the reality is like, okay, so you you interact with the one crazy doctor and then you interact with the other crazy doctor 
you interact with the one army dude, then the one chick, and then Isaac's girlfriend shows up at like mm-hmm. at a later point in the game. So that's what five, six. I, I I just counted them out on my fingers and I lost track. So that tells you <laughs> like how good I'm doing tonight. Um, so uh, the two doctors, the army dude. That's five characters that you interact with in a, on like throughout the course of the game. And so, uh, you know, there's not like a lot of interactions with NPCs, which also mm-hmm. like sort of adds to the tension. Um, yeah. Yeah. It feels, um, I mean, I, I think kind of the setting of the game in general is it's done really well because like, like a lot of kind of classic horror, it's, it's not, it's not a big open world. Like it is all set in a specific area. Um, you know, like resident evil was in a house, the original Mm -hmm. one. Um, you know, even the first silent Hill that was in a town, but you could only go so far. Um, so there's a sense of sort of like claustrophobia, especially when your, your return shuttle explodes and you're searching for people there. And most everyone that you see there is dead so, like, when you actually see someone alive, I don't know about you, there's part of me that wanted to, like, you know, talk with them to see what was going on. But on the other hand, I was kind of like, what have you guys done? You know, like, I didn't want to trust anyone that I came in contact with because the scene there was so horrible. So it's, it's, you're kind of, like, pulled back and forth between these two notions of, like, can I actually like, yes, there is someone here, but can I actually trust what they're going to tell me or are they going to try and turn me into a zombie? You know? Yeah. Like unless they're as freaked out as I am, then I'm not going to trust them. Yeah. <laughs> like if you aren't having a breakdown, um, you are part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I, I almost forgot too. like, this is uh, the uh, kinesis also comes into play. I think in the yeah. second chapter, which is sort of like, you basically have your weapon and then Isaac has two additional abilities, kinesis and stasis. Stasis mm-hmm. freezes uh, enemies and kinesis lets you pick up um, stuff and move it around sort of, you know, versus sort of like a, a pseudo telekinetic sort of bond. Um, yeah. It also, did you do any of like the, you can actually pick up the, like the severed limbs and then use those as weapons. So if you're running <laughs> low on plasma cutter ammo, um, you can actually pick up like severed, like severed limbs and shoot them at other uh, necromorphs. Interesting. I I did not know that. That sounds like something I would have. That sounds like a joke I would have told in high school of like picking up someone's severed hand and slapping you with it. Um, no, I have not. I, I I didn't know that you could do that. I, I honestly, I hardly ever used, um, either of them. Um, but, but yeah, I, um, the kinesis, yeah, that's what it's called. Um, I really only use that when I was trying to, to get to like boxes that I saw on the floor or to pick up items that had gotten into places where I couldn't get to, um, was really an outside of the, outside of the normal kind of story areas where it's necessary to do. I didn't use it that much. And and stasis, it wasn't till like the end of the game when they introduced the really super fast enemies that I even started using that one. Yeah. It was definitely helpful, but I, no, I, I didn't know you could use kinesis to... Yeah, it's definitely like not 
uh, neither one of those is what I would call necessary. Um, uh-huh. Aside from like some like, you know, the the stasis is necessary for like doors that are slamming shut, and like, right. if you need something to hold in place for a minute. Anyways, yeah. So <laughs> kinesis comes into play. Uh, you use it to you use it basically to sort of move around platforms and boxes and yeah it, it also does sort of like a weird sort of like you can aim it the kinesis of things and it will draw it towards you if it's out of reach yeah so uh-huh. um yeah which comes in handy in zero gravity yes so we're on to basically chapter three i'm, I'm sort of like here this is the one where you activate uh, act, activate oh geez <laughs> uh good radio people I'm making all. I'm doing my own like sound effects and everything. Um, you do the centrifuge, or centrifuge, and this one. I'm trying to remember what that was. So it's a zero gravity. It's sort of like the big room, and it's a zero gravity room. And you actually have to use the the kinesis. You have to use kinesis to to rehook up. Like the modules or whatever to oh, slide. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you stasis the the things and then you slide them using kinesis into place. Right. And then once they lock up, they they spin or whatever. And then once you get them all plugged in, it starts going around the room. And there's like little like I died like in this most recent playthrough. I think I died like three or four times because I instead of like trying to run to the next like. To basically run to the next sort of like little hollow spot in the wall i was trying to like i was like oh no i can run to the ladder and i was like i tried to run oh, to yeah. the ladder like three or four times i was like nope you're gonna die it was like <laughs> and then isaac's turned into little pieces of gore and yeah. gross so um but that's sort of like the big goal um i think too this is when you start seeing um oh this is the first time you run into the tentacle that drags you down the oh, hallway, okay. um, yeah. which are not like they're really not all that prob- problematic. Like you just shoot the big glowing yellow thing, and you shoot mm. it enough times, and it falls off. But like, dude, like the way it drags you around, and it's very, it's like again, yeah. that's sort of like in the same way that the zero gravity sort of like janks you around. Like these things mess with your orientation a little bit too. Yeah, because it like yanks you down the hallway, knocks you on your back, yanks you down the hallway, and then you're doing this sort of like, like, anyways. Yeah, and and like we said earlier, like because the music stings whenever there's an enemy on screen, like it's very, uh, geez, what's the word? I was gonna say disorienting, but it's it very it it grabs you. It's like a jump scare. And I don't know about you, but I was, I was like legitimately freaked out. So it was hard to even like fathom, like it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Shoot the glowing thing. Right. But it was hard for me to even kind of like get my bearings to know what to do. Um, because I felt like, I I felt like it was one of those parts in a game where, um, Oh, you stepped on the wrong thing. So now watch your character die, you know? Um, but it wasn't, it's like, no, you actually have to fight your way out of this. And so I had to, I had to even like reorient myself to like, oh no, I'm still playing. And how do I do this? Oh no. And then it, and then it whips you around and like drags you down the hallway more. And you're like, oh shoot, what am I supposed to do? Okay. Uh, how do I get, you know, like it would, it just, 
it was hard for me to even kind of like latch on to what was going on at the time. So it was definitely, it was a really good scare. Like you said, it's not even that particularly difficult uh, mechanically, but it was a good scare for sure. Yeah. And it, and again, like this is just like, it's, it's little things like this though, like mm-hmm. that just, I really feel I, it, it sort of like demonstrates the finesse of this team, right? Yeah. Like this game is just, I'm not gonna sit there and it's 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 definitely like not the most graphically like supreme game ever. It, I think it still looks really good, but just yeah. like the way that like everything in this game as far as pacing is very like and again, I'm gonna use the word finessed and it's just polished and sort of refined and it's like you can just tell like even when that tentacle hits, it kind of hits you in a moment if if I remember right. It's like the game's kind of lolling a little bit. You're just sort of like, you're just yeah. like, oh, I'm just walking back, walking back, walking back. I think there is sort of like a queue at one point in time. Like you look over in the one hallway, and there's like a giant hole in the wall. Yeah. And, and you're like, uh-huh. I wonder, there's kind of like, a, there's a part that a part of me that goes, I wonder what did that. And then yeah. like, I'm walking down and then, you know, when you're coming back through, it's like all of a sudden it's like, you like you step through the door and you walk like 10 feet down the hallway and next thing you know you're being dragged down it and it sort of like drags you down like in chunks and it's just like uh-huh. it's uh um, yeah yeah and and from that point on i mean what this does to you as a player is it makes you kind of like walk slower you know like this could happen at any moment from now on now that you know like you can be grabbed and 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 yanked around by something that you didn't even know was there like it it means that you that you're paranoid for the rest of the game right mm-hmm. whenever you're in any kind of like a tunnel area there are a few areas which are which are more open um like particularly i think it's in the next level where there's kind of a bigger space but kind of whenever you're in a co- corridor you're like oh shoot you know is something going to grab me is something going to come from the ceiling now like I've seen these things happen before. When is it going to happen again? Um, so yeah, it adds to that claustrophobic paranoia. Oh, for sure, dude. It's uh, yeah. Uh, my buddy Kevin, when we, he and I were sort of talking about this playthrough, he was like, "I forgot." He's like, "I knew it was there, so it wasn't like the big jump scare." It's like, but I forgot yeah. how like significant that that point is in the game, and it's like you definitely have to give like props to that because it's just it's a very yeah so <laughs> so um after that you do the thing that you need to do and i think it's like you're restarting the engines on this one and when you're done yeah i mean you kill off a wave of enemies and you go back and you uh get in the tram and you move on to the next thing um and i think this is the part where you reunite with it with one or two of the people so yeah, this and like and this is one of the other things about this game. Like so they're they're pretty much like for the I feel at least for the first like two thirds of the game, they keep like sort of introducing new enemy types. And so just yeah. like they introduce like the tentacle, which and you'll deal with it, like they will pop up throughout the game. Like there's a couple of times that they drag you down hallways throughout this. Mm-hmm. They also like at like at the end of the game, like a bunch of them show up and they're like throwing things at you and they'll smash down and they'll show up at bridges and stuff like anyways. So, um, but this is the brute and the brute. Um, do you remember this one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. This was the, this was the open area that I was talking about earlier is where, yeah, they kind of like bust through the wall 
Yes. Um, I I had fun with it because I could kind of just circle around sort of that main um, elevator area so that when it came charging at me, I could just, you know, flank it to where it didn't actually hit me. So it wasn't particularly difficult for me to fight these guys, um, but it definitely, I mean, when it hit you, it pushes you back. Like, like you can tell that Isaac just took a hit and it, and, and it takes a good chunk off your life. So it still felt uh, nerve-wracking, but it, I, I don't think they were particularly difficult. Like, they weren't as menacing as they looked just because you could kind of use your terrain, at least the way that I played. Well, and this is, though, this is also one of those things where, like, if you're just shooting random points on the limbs, yeah, like, this, that's this with this particular enemy. So they have a very narrow window of vulnerability. Yeah. And um, it's, like, basically, like, you can, if you can get around behind them, you can, it's basically, like, when you see the yellow spots, you can shoot off the limbs. But, like, one, it takes a pile of shots, and they have, yeah. like, super heavy armor. And there's this little tiny strip of yellow. And um, yeah, I remember like the first time you fight those dudes. I think this is also the same level. I could swear that this is the same level where you get like that first, the first one that like the big disgusting blobby ones. Huh. Like if you don't shoot off their limbs, if you like you accidentally shoot them in the gut, they'll spawn like the little. Oh my gosh! You know what I'm talking. I think this is the yeah. same level that they show up, and they might actually show up. In- they they either show up in this level or the next one, but the brutes like sort of like the big deal. That's the big fight, and then this is the one. The uh, the. This is the one where, like, so this is the environmental mechanic where, like, you see the gravity plates, where if you're Isaac and you step on them, it'll shoot you up into the roof and kill you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. You can actually force enemies onto the gravity plates oh, and kill them nice. with that. So that's that's the gravity trap bit there. Um, there's, there's actually a trophy tied to that as well. Um, okay. So this is actually... This part of the game, sort of like one of the big notes in this game, is probably one of my least favorite parts in the entire game. The asteroids. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> this is this is super annoying because, like, I I don't know. Maybe it's just because what I'm used to with a controller, but it's like you're really it's it's kind of just a single stick control, and you feel like you're going too slow, and the asteroids are coming too fast, and yeah, it was it was annoying. I lost at it probably two or three times before I finally passed it. Yeah. No. So remember how I said I played this on a tube TV the first time I played it? <laughs> yeah. For the record, the asteroid part is near impossible if you are playing on too small a TV. Yeah. Like it oh. is unbearable. I actually remember very distinctly quitting the game for probably at least a few weeks, probably a couple months, because I just, like, I mean, I probably played that asteroid thing like 15 times. And I was like, this is impossible. This is the stupidest, you know, just like, like, like wanting to break a controller outrage. Um, Yeah. It is, is probably, it, it tonally, I don't think the asteroid thing really matches the rest of the game as far as like, right. Because, like, honestly, when you die, it just feels so different. Yeah, yeah it, I think we've talked about how the game feels like it's built 
meticulously, you know, mm-hmm. how, the way that it, it introduces you to different concepts. This one comes, the, it's, it's very strange for this one to be, cause I mean, it's basically the boss fight of the level, yeah. right? And it's so different than anything that you've done up to this point, which makes it feel very jarring. You act, you feel like you're in control with the guns that you have as Isaac, but when you're in the cockpit trying to shoot these asteroids, it feels so different and clunky and slow, and you've never been given a chance to use this um, this this control scheme before. And it's a pass fail thing. It's not like it's not like you're graded. It's not like early in the level you had a really easy version of this to kind of get your feet wet. It throws you right in, and if you don't do what it, if you don't hit the mark, then you die. I mean, there's a save point right there in the level or in the in the room. Yeah. So it, it's not like it kicks you back too far, but it 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 just throws it at you from out of nowhere. And the only way that you practice is by actually doing it over and over again until you actually get good enough, which, like you said, sometimes doesn't feel like it. it's your fault because things are moving so fast and you're so clunky and slow. It's, uh, it's literally, it's like, once you do it, it's like, okay, and I think there's an achievement tied to knocking all the asteroids out without... Like, because you're taking every oh, no. time one of those asteroids gets past you, you take a little bit of damage. And so the trick is really to aim for the big asteroids and, like, go bonkers on them. But there's also, like, so, like, one of the things I hate is, like, you can you can fire off with both cannons. It doesn't really make sense to most of the time. Yeah. Um, what I would do is I would just sort of like keep one cannon pretty with pretty constant fire. And then when a big asteroid come, I'd open up with the second one. Um, and it okay. normally sort of clear out like all five, because like you shoot the big ones and they bump, you know, turn into like four smaller ones. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just like, yeah, I think that what you said there is, is pretty important though, too, because there's this idea, right? That, Everything else in the game is sort of like teaching you to get like by the time you fight the brute, right? It makes sense. And you're like, okay, this isn't as whatever. Like it feels like part of the learning curve. And you get to the turret yeah. and it's just like, this is stupid. <laughs> it just, yeah. Um, I think, you know, you, you basically, like you said, it's basically the boss fight. And so you, you finish up and you go on to the next chapter. Uh, mm-hmm. The next chapter is called Lethal Devotion, and this is remember the dudes, the wall dudes, and we sort of talked about how like this is where they get introduced, yeah, and they're yeah. awful. Um, <laughs> it's it's not that the again like mechanically they're not difficult, but they are so unsettling, and those little pods yeah. that they shoot at are just the worst. Yeah, um, yeah, they're they're super annoying. Yeah, and, and and they're they're screaming and moaning for you to put them out of their misery. When it out of all of the other enemies, it is the most that looks like a human in pain, as opposed to like a deformed corpse. This actually looks like it it is alive as a human and has no idea what is happening to him. So 
Yeah, these guys are almost as like disturbing as the poison generators, but Okay. You're you're that's that's true. That's yeah. true. These things are just deformed. And, yeah. But they make like that awful sound and Right. Yeah. <laughs> these ones aren't nearly as these are not nearly as unsettling as the poison generators. Um, uh-huh. but they're up there. Um, this is also the level, and and again, sort of like the the story beats of like why you're going through the level. I think aren't nearly as compelling as sort of like some of the mechanical stuff. But this is the level with the regenerator. Um, okay, yeah, which yeah. I remember the first time playing that and just emptying my entire inventory into this stupid yeah. thing, and like, why will this not die? Yeah. And yeah. then when you finally do it, you're like, I feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what was, I mean, like, what was your sort of like initial impress? Like, since this was your first time, like, what was your experience with a regenerator or did you like, were you just way smarter than me and figured it out like super quick? No, no, I, I did, um, expend a good amount of ammo. Um, but then it, it it didn't take me too long, but it did feel like it took longer than it should have in terms of figuring out, oh, yeah, of course, there's this big thing in the middle of the room. Like, just get him over there. No big deal. Um, so I, I did, and when I play these types of games, because it is kind of a survival horror type game, you do want to um, really keep track of your inventory because it's not, ammo is not super plentiful yeah um and so i was like thinking about resetting the game and playing it again because i had used up so much ammo but i didn't end up doing that so i mean it was probably it was probably two or three clips that i spent on him um just trying to kill him before i figured out that hey that that uh the little pod thing in the center that's what you get him at yeah so basically mechanically like he chases you throughout the level he gets introduced like a couple minutes into the level and so like you shoot off his legs and you basically run away from him and then you there's a couple rooms that he'll like bust through and then he'll find you and he'll sort of chase you and then eventually you get to this area and you, you freeze him and that's how you beat him and you beat the level yay, yay. you do like the the mulligan and you find the thing. I think it's poison in this one or something. It's some sort of thing. Oh man, this is going to be such a beefy boy, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> we might beat the other beefy boys. Um, but uh, so the next one is this is actually I think where this is your poison generators, man. Yeah, and they are seriously disturbing. Um, yeah, because it's like you said. Um, and, and we did talk about this before, but it's like they sound like they're in pain. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, so there's like this sort of like revulsion and pity that sort of yeah. gets um, brought up there. Especially when you realize what you have to do. Because with all the other enemies in the game, I mean, as soon as they're on screen, you're your guard is up, right? Yeah. So when you, because you hear these enemies first as you get closer they get louder. And then when you see them, you know, your guard is, I, I don't know about you for however long ago it was when you first played it, but like I kind of froze and waited for it to do something. And then I'm like, okay, it's going to jump up at me as soon as I get closer. And so you slowly make your way over and it never does anything. It just like their wheezing gets louder. 
um, until I finally was just like, okay, I'm going to attack it. And then it'll, you know, jump out at me. And it didn't. And so you have to just like keep stomping on this thing until it keels over and dies. And, uh, and, and yeah, in a way it's even more disturbing because it's like, oh, that was a human. <laughs> I think there was one that I remember in particular, um, that was like, sort of like in the, the, you had to basically hit a button to open the sliding door to get to it, freeze the sliding yeah. door. And then you had to shoot down in this thing. And I remember like walking around and being like, where is this stupid thing? Where, where the heck is this? And then I yeah. look down and I'm like, oh, and then I saw I'm like trying to shoot it. And I'm like, oh, oh, geez. Like, you know, yeah. it's just like sort of like, you know, and at that point in time, like I said, this isn't my first go around. So it's it definitely like, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, now I know. Uh, this is also, I think, the same level that your plant boss, the giant. Yes. And that's that's a really yeah. cool fight. Um, yeah, it was it was probably my favorite fight in the game was the was the boss for this level um, because you're in one of those anti gravity chambers and it's just this enormous like the the biggest thing that you've seen the biggest enemy that you've come up a, a, across um, in in this huge corridor that's like constantly shooting at you and so you have to uh, I don't know I was constantly moving I had my line gun that I was using to kind of take out each of the different areas. And I was just going through so much ammo. Like I probably used up, I know I used up all my line gun ammo. I was at the end of my uh, plasma cutter ammo as I finally beat the thing. Um, but it was, I don't know that I'd say that it was a bullet sponge, but it, well, yeah, yeah, it was a bullet sponge. <laughs> um, it just took a lot to finally kill it. And uh, yeah, I it was, it was, it was action packed. It wasn't, it wasn't really like freaky. It wasn't scary or anything like that, except from just the enormity of what it was that you were fighting. Um, but it was, it, I really like, it was just a lot of fun to fight. Yeah. There was <laughs> for me. I know you probably didn't do this because you, you told me that you didn't really use kinesis a whole lot. You know, those balls that it shoots at you. Yeah. You can catch those and throw them back. Oh, wow. And they go, ex Dang. they explode on him. Um, so that, that's something that does make the fight a little bit easier. Uh, but that's, that's a very, that's a very sort of like, that's a very like big moment in the game. And I remember that, yeah. that fight is so very, very cool. This next chapter, it, this one I think is like you, you spend a lot of time out in the vacuum, like yeah. sort of. Oh, I think this is the one where you have to plant the SOS beacon on the asteroid. Yep. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. I remember because it came right after the okay. that huge boss that I really enjoyed. Yeah, this, this area that I really did not like. <laughs> we and we we both sort of talked about that. I think in in one of the previous episodes about how like yeah. frustrating that was. It's like, what am I supposed to do here? And yeah. then when you finally do it, you're like, oh, this just feels dumb. I feel yeah. dumb. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you plant your beacon on the asteroid and you fire the asteroid off and it sends an SOS out. Yeah. And this is that mission I like sort of that's actually the one where uh, what's her name? Kendra. Kendra is the one that um you work with though. I'm trying to but she's the one who's like if we get this um if we get this this SOS module on here 
you know, we, I can boost a signal sort of thing. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of it's just like search and rescue. So, oh, apparently Nicole is Isaac's wife. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's what I just read here. Um, <laughs> this is where you repair the the sa- the, the 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 comms dish. Uh, this, oh, this is the, so the next level is the one um, where you get back in the turret thing, and there's the thing on the hull, and it's a giant necromorph on the hull of the ship. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is another really big end. This fight, though, didn't really feel, I don't know, like this, th- honestly, that fight to me was sort of inconsequential in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. Like, it just didn't feel like, okay, so it didn't have the gravity of the giant plant thing. It just sort of felt like, so you're in the turret room, and it would throw stuff at mm-hmm. you, and you would take damage in the turret room, but it just, it felt like way more removed. Yeah. And so, I... I just remember, like, I remember the fight, and I'm kind of like, okay, it just doesn't feel as, I don't know, as good as the other fights. Like, it it feels like a slightly not as annoying version of the asteroid fight. Yeah. Like, it it, it actually, if I remember right, it felt easier than the asteroids. It, so, it definitely did to me, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but you finish that, and then you move on to the next chapter. Do 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 do. Yes. Now, now I'm just at a point where I'm like, okay, let's just sort of like try to burn through this. Uh, well, at the same time, at the same time, though, from my perspective, for the first time playing this, this was about the point where it hit kind of a the layouts of all the levels or or the basic fundamentals of what you're doing in the levels all started to feel the same. Yeah. Um. You know, earlier on in the game, like you had mentioned, you, you're introduced to new things you're introduced to new enemies and i felt like at this point in the game it kind of slowed down not that i was enjoying it any less actually it it was probably it maybe this maybe this is part of why i felt more powerful as a player and it wasn't as scary anymore is because it's like okay go um like like you were mentioning get the mulligans you know do what what kendra and hammond are telling me to do then come back then go get the other one then make sure the other thing is in place, that other switch is in place, then go back to the tram. Yeah. You know, it's it's like you, you've hit this, like, you know, basically what you're going to do. Um, it's just getting there that things may be a little different. Well, and it's just like, yeah, the, the, I, I definitely sort of, yeah, now that I'm sort of looking back on it, this, it's, this is a part of the game that almost feels a little samey. And, right. And so right. that's, that's the part that's, um, you know, which I think in some ways is like good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say it's good because like I, I feel like not that I I, I agree a hundred percent with like the design choices, but they made the game and I didn't, so that's fine. <laughs> um, but it does feel like a little bit of a lull, which is because yeah. there's been so many like high tension moments up to this point that yeah, um, I I do feel like it's sort of underwhelming. Because, well, the next part is the part, the next chapter is the chapter where the Valor, so at this point in time, like, you basically shoot this thing off the comms array, you mm-hmm. you get your signal out, your SOS signal out there, and the USS Valor, you can talk to them. And so you're trying to tell them to not 
open something or whatever, and they end up opening it. And uh, the next part is the USS or the not the USS, but whatever mm-hmm. the the Valor, the ship that was sort of like out there to rescue you, crashes into the Ishimura. Yeah, and this is where the super fast dudes show up. So basically, the Necromorphs at this point in time merge with these soldiers who have like stasis armor stuff mm-hmm. and they're super fast and they're kind of freaky. Um, yeah. But you know, it was for me, it was like one of those things where you just shoot them in the legs and they fall yeah. down and then you kill them. Yeah. They just became the enemy. That's like, if it's on screen, you have to deal with it first, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, you go into the valor and you get the thing that you need. Again, it's sort of like that Mulligan thing. There's no big enemy. I think there, um, uh, there is that part, the one part that I thought was interesting. So it's like, I, I remember this specifically. It's like, you're, you're walking in and it's like the engine room. Basically you're, <laughs> you're walking in the engine yeah. of this thing. And I thought that part was like, you would use basically kinesis to manipulate the pillars and approach the thing. And then you'd have to shoot out the connections and then you, you get your thing to fix the ship. And then, yeah. On, fight another brute in there yeah and this is like an upgraded brute at this point in time they started yeah you started like so there's like the basic necromorphs and there's a couple different varieties there's walkers um there's a couple different varieties of the walkers and they have sort of like their praying mantis arms and then there's <laughs> the ones i call like the crawlers which are basically just like two praying mantis arms and then the uh, like a tail like almost like a scorpion tail type thing yeah, but then they start coming, and they're basically like uh, a kind of a black, dark red color, um, and they're a little harder to kill, and they, mm-hmm. they they start ramping up at that point. That section is kind of a small, like I mean, there's there's some high intensity moments, like when the Valor crashes into the Ishimura. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, but there's another. I I think. Was it in this level where there's another like tentacle uh, thing that grabs you and and strings you along like before you get to the engine? I think there is. I think it was in that level. Yeah, I think there is. Um, but at that point in time, it just feels like more of the same in a lot of ways. Yeah, there was there was a tentacle too in before you fight the plant thing. Oh, okay, okay. There was there was one in one of those hallways. Uh, this one actually, there's like a mini. There's a couple different like little mini game things that you can play. Did you oh, yeah. did you do the zero G basketball at all? No, that was one that I just totally skipped. Uh, I I I maxed out the um the what the target practice one. I didn't do the basketball. Okay, well the basketball one is ha- actually how you get the schematic for the level five suit. Um. Oh wow! So. You missed out. You robbed yourself. I did. Um, Dang. And it's 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 a it's a pretty like cheesy little like it's super easy to to beat it. Um, oh okay. But it's it's one of those things. Uh, it's it's like a fun little distraction. But yeah, yeah, there's there's the target practice thing, which isn't that whatever. Like they they're just weird, and they're 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 almost like you'll miss them if you're not really paying attention. Yeah. And it's totally optional, like that type of thing. Like if the asteroid part was that type of a thing, then I'd be totally okay with it. Mm-hmm. It's just that it was a boss that made it so difficult. Anyways. Um, all right. So, you know what? I'm going to like 
sort of combine the next three because nothing okay. really new gets introduced. I feel like the first yeah. like six or seven chapters of the game, like they're constantly introducing things. But in these last few, it just like, yeah, we, we've sort of talked about it. And uh, I apologize to the listener for my lack of planning. Um, but <laughs> it's all good, man. Well, you know, it's, it's a beefy boy. They'll, they'll like it or they won't. <laughs> and it doesn't really matter. Um, so the next couple parts, like at some point in time, so you, uh, you end up fighting that regenerator or another regenerator again, only this time you set him on fire using a shuttle's engine. Um, and you mm-hmm. burn him into cinders, and then um, yeah, that was pretty cool. And then you fight his creator, who's the like the first crazy doctor. You end up shooting that dude, um, and that that's a situation that can go very badly because that's the same level too, like where you walk into you start walking through the hallways, and there's all these dead bodies piled everywhere. And this may be uh-huh. a little out of order, so if there's a dead space purist out there who's going to get mad at me for you know janking <laughs> up the, I apologize, but it doesn't really matter because it's a video game. Um, anyways, but that when the two like spawn things, like the the basically the flying face huggers start, like that can get out of control real quick because they will animate every one of those corpses. Yeah, and uh, if you let them. And I just I I remember just freaking out, throwing them in stasis, and just shooting them until they died. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, you deal with the doctor. You're introduced to another mad scientist, and and he's mad, uh-huh. not in the sense that he's sort of like working against you, um, but he's insane just because at that point in time he's experienced so much trauma that right. his brain is broken. Um, and it becomes clear that sort of throughout the course of this game so the short you're getting the cliff notes of this is um, they were mining a planet Um, they were basically cracking this planet open and breaking down um, you know because it's the future and we do things like that in the future apparently (laughs) Um, but the ship was breaking down this planet and sort of like stripping it of its its rare minerals and they found this thing. It, they call it the uh, uh, what is it? What do they call it? The black obel- the obelisk. What is that thing? Uh, the black. I want to say like the black helix or something. That sounds right. Um, but it's it's like a this obelisk, and they find it on this planet, and they brought it up on the ship, and then people started going insane and killing themselves and turning into necromorphs. And this black obelisk thing is what's doing it. And so this this other doctor, who you, Dr. Kine, I think is his name, you go and he's like, we need to get this thing back down to the surface of the planet. Um, that's the only thing that's going to end this, that's going to stop this, that's going to whatever. Yeah, yeah just chill everything out. <laughs> no more, no more necromorphs. And that's... And it's a marker. That's what it's The called. marker, yes. And this is where one of your big surprises happens yeah so i'll let you talk about like this because i remember you sort of talked about this and you're like man like this really kind of bummed you out a little bit yeah so so the thing was i mean even even talking with that guy like i mentioned whenever i came up against another human i was automatically i i distrusted them even even honestly even hammond early on i distrusted him because he felt like 
um, as as like a, a as a kind of a military type. He he just took command, and it seemed like he knew more than he was letting on some of the time. Until until you see him and he's hurt. Um, that's when I was kind of like, okay, okay, no, he's not in control here, like something. Anyways, so I distrusted most of the characters. Um, the scientist guy, I distrusted him because he's like, oh, send the marker back where it came from. And I'm like, really? Really? I'm sure this is going to like spawn even more necromorphs. Like, th- this is this is crazy. So you get to this point in the game, and uh, I, I can't remember if you had to kill him or what you had to do. But you send the marker back, and it's this big, um, it's this big spectacle, which is really cool, because um, you see it kind of go off. It, it's slowly going off towards the horizon, and um, and basically, long story short, is Kendra the the person that you've been working with? You know, your original three people, Hammond, you, and Kendra, um, reveals herself as as someone who is working for. Um, the, like basically the cult that had been looking for this marker and, um, and, and like basically she, not that she knew what was going on the whole time, but that she was on the side of the people who were trying to get the marker. And she kind of, she locks you in this area and brings the marker back in. And you're so like, you're completely helpless as to what's going on and she's reversing everything that you had just done. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it just really, it, it was like the one person that I trusted the whole time. I was the person who stabbed me in the back. Well, and she, then she hijacks the shuttle and goes to leave yeah. without you. <laughs> and then you, yeah. you institute like some sort of automatic recall and you bring her back and she's like, ah, you know, you're the worst. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. And she, I think jettison like she gets off the shuttle, like yeah, takes an escape pod or whatever. Um, so yeah, and and then um, yeah, and at this point in time, you it's it's around this point in time you actually meet up with Nicole at one point in time, your uh-huh. estranged wife or whatever who's been on the Ishimura that you've sort of been like throughout the game getting sort of like these weird like calm messages from and it's just yeah that's sort of like super creepy and then there's this part where you're like okay like yeah she's real like you can like see her in the room she's doing things she's helping you and you're like okay and so then you go down to the planet you take the marker the black marker down to the planet and you and this is the part of the game josh that i really felt like i felt like the ending was just kind of meh because okay. you you get it and you have to like drag it with kinesis to this this point and then you have to find uh-huh. the thing to unlock the door and then you drag it to the next point and then you have okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. i felt like that was just such a weird like almost felt like an artificial sort of like extension of the game almost like it just like if yeah like where everything else for the most part felt very like kind of intentional and like moving things forward it's like when you're stopping and you have to lift this bridge and then freeze it and drag it through and then you got to cross a bridge i was like man like it just and of course like you got to kill a bunch of enemies in each room to like progress and yeah. stuff i just that part anyways 
It it dragged for sure because it was like the same thing like four or five times. Yeah. Yeah. And it just and 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 none of it ever really did like a good job of making you like at this point in time I think I was pretty much immune to like the panic that would yeah. sort of set in like I was like oh no it was just like at this point in time like you have basically fulfilled like the power fantasy and you're just like I'm just going to wreck these dudes faces. Right. Uh-huh. So Yeah, it was more about making sure you had enough ammo than actually worrying about what you were going to fight. Yeah. This is also the, the like, and and we we sort of talked about the boss fight. Um, so you end up fighting the hive mind, is is what uh-huh. this thing is called, and it's it's a really interesting fight, and it draws in some different elements from a lot of the different like big bosses, like like the shooting. It and it's it's pretty much follows the same formula. You shoot the yellow globs and stuff, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like, but. Honestly, the boss fight, the more I think about the that last level, including the boss fight, sort of feels underwhelming. Yeah, I, I think it was. it's definitely like a spectacle fight. Like, it's framed really well. Yeah. Um, I, I it, you know, it's this huge, it's this enormous thing that's on the screen. Um, and, and so I, I, like, it was fun to fight it. Like you said, at this point, it's kind of a power fantasy. You, you are... I wasn't I wasn't really afraid of it if that makes any yeah. sense. I'd seen huge bosses before and gotten past them. Um I'm like fully upgraded at this point. So it wasn't I wasn't afraid of it at all, but it was it was a cool little spectacle. Um now I mentioned it last time as well is that I didn't die at it. It wasn't difficult. Um of course this being the last level, every all my my like health power-ups that I had saved up until this point I had on retainer. So I could I could continually heal myself, but yeah, um, yeah. But from the standpoint of difficulty, yeah, it was underwhelming. Um, it was more, yeah, it was more just like a spectacle. Like, good job, kid, you can do this. Than it was like an ending to a horror game. Yeah, you know. Now I did. I I think, and I may have mentioned this. I did die. <laughs> like uh-huh. that first part where, like, because after you you get through like the first wave of the hive mind. Where you like you shoot like three of the tentacle things, and then it snatches, picks you up in the air. When he picks you up in the air, it's like jerking you around, and you have to shoot the tentacle things or the no- yep. the nodules or whatever they are. <laughs> and because the te- like I was, he was moving around, I didn't do it. And you keep getting like closer and closer to the mouth, and it basically eats you. And then like, and it's it's a pretty gruesome ending. Let's just say like okay. on the first bite. Isaac just—it doesn't kill him on the first bite. It just sort of <laughs> all right pulls some pieces off, and then it does it again. And it's—I was like, oh, that's a, oh, so. It's like there's a lot of incentive for not dying, uh, <laughs> not getting too close. It's like I really didn't want to watch it again. So you you do the mulligans, you get the thing, and. What ends up happening here is uh, Nicole sort of steps out of nowhere, and you find out that this, what you've been seeing with Nicole, is some sort of like mental projection or whatever. She's a mental projection. You've basically been gro- going crazy the whole time, and this has been she has been sort of the um, means that the hive mind has been using to sort of restore itself because the the 
the obelisk or the the black marker or whatever it's called yeah black uh-huh. marker is um yeah it's been trying to get the black marker back to itself and so all this necromorph stuff has really been about returning the black marker uh to the the planet and um mm-hmm. so anyways so you get in your spaceship you have a shuttle that works you get in it as the planet's falling to pieces you leave the black marker there, you get in your space shuttle, and you fly off. And then there's a spooky little ending at the... Did that, <laughs> did that part get you? Because I... It, it didn't. I mean, it did a little bit, but I could actually see that there was something there in the corner. Maybe it's just the way that I, I watch or play horror games or watch horror movies, but I try and take in everything in the screen. So I could kind of see something there when it jumped out. I mean, it it was a little startling, but I had already seen it before it jumped out. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, I there so. was like a, a a twitch or something that sort of like seemed a little off. Um, yeah, but I remember the first like I I don't remember, but I remember the first time that kind of got me, and I was like I was uh-huh. like, oh you <laughs> you clever boys, um, yeah. But so now that we have run this thing super long in the tooth, <laughs> um, is there anything that I missed that you sort of wanted to hit on before we wrap this wrap this bad boy, this super beefy boy up? <laughs> there you go. Um, I mean, the the things that I already kind of mentioned before, it's, you know, the way that I played it, that I only had the two guns. And so I, I feel like, I feel like there there was maybe it was just the way that I play it. I don't I don't know that I was a little too powerful throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was expecting to be more uh, not necessarily helpless, but more um, like I, I felt like I had all the tools almost all the time, except for maybe the first few levels um, to be able to conquer whatever I came up against. Um, and and maybe if there was a little bit more difficulty it would have forced me to learn things like the like using the stasis more mm. often or things like that. Um, again, maybe it was the way that I played. Um, maybe I should have played it on a harder difficulty, which I really did not expect because, again, I don't play shooters very often. Did you so, play it on normal? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going. I'm going to be doing like because after you beat it, you unlock the hardest difficulty. Yeah. And so that's that's one of the trophies. So part of the platinum run will be me playing, and I, I'll let you know if it's like a significantly more difficult challenge or if it's just more of the yeah. same. So. Sweet, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some. I mean, the the thing they always say about game design is like by the time you you finish a game, like you need to make it significantly easier because at that point you've already gotten so good at the game. Like if you put it out to your level, it's going to be super hard for anyone who's getting into the game. So, um, so I mean, difficulty is always a, always a, a difficult thing uh, to work with as a designer. I, I get that. Um, this was just how I felt like being a horror game. It was almost, I mean, I had similar thoughts about, well, resident evil four, I felt like was more difficult because you didn't have as much life. Whereas this one, but, but it was kind of a similar thing where it changed from actually like being really creepy to, well, this is just an action game by the end, you know? Yeah. Um, but I did, I mean, the only other things is just the way, because I, because I like horror in general, 
like I was thinking through the the ways that this game kind of um kind of gets to you as the player and and how it scares you. And of course, I mean they're the they're the obvious kind of jump scares and those are kind of cheap, but I I think it was fairly um it was fairly uh, it didn't happen too often. Like, yes, there are jump scares in the game, but they weren't all cheap. Like, some of them were telegraphed, or it was things that, like, like that very last part of the of the game was probably the worst in terms of lulling you into a false sense of security and then throwing a jump scare at you. Um, whereas some of the other ones were telegraphed. But besides that, I mean, some of the things that I mentioned before is just the sense of paranoia because mm. you don't know who to trust. Um, the claustrophobia because you're in the ship and it's a big ship. Um, but you're, you're, you're stuck there. You don't know, you, you can't leave at any moment. Um, you know, the, the corridors that you're in, um, feel because you don't know what's on the other side of the wall. There are parts of the game where you see, like you can, you can look over and see like something going through the side of the wall. If there's a hole or something like that just things that are there to freak you out. Um, there's definitely the aspect of body horror because all of the enemies that you're fighting were once humans. And so they all have this sense of, of like humanity about them, but a very distorted humanity that is really freaky. Um, there's the sense, the sense of the supernatural with this whole cult element yeah. of what is it? Unitology. <laughs> um, that's uh, definitely uh, it's, not a very... What's that? That doesn't sound like Unitarianism or Scientology. Scientology, right. Yeah, it's it's a little on the nose for a, for a science fiction story, but, you know, whatever. Wah, wah. Um, it, it's definitely... It's freaky because then some of the humans that you are able to, to talk to are Unitarians, and so, like, their view of things is different. Like, like the guy who is encouraging the first mad scientist who is encouraging people to kill themselves um, for the sake of the, of the church. Well, was he wasn't freaky. even just encouraging people to kill themselves. He was actively killing people. Yeah. He actually like, <laughs> like stabbing him right through the head, led a mutiny and killed the captain yeah. um, of the ship, you know? And, and again, like, you know, it's, you know, I, I don't feel like, I feel like that storyline is interesting but it's not it's not what really carried me through i don't know uh-huh. so um. yeah yeah cuz it kind of yeah it, that that was the thing about kendra is she was a unitologist as well um but it it yeah by the end of the game it wasn't like oh you're fighting a bunch of cultists like no it was the hive mind was just trying to do what it was trying to do and it was using people in order to do that um but you got this sense of like something, yeah, something supernatural or humans created these necromorphs kind of a thing that, that was, uh, that was really freaky as well. Um, now with any kind of survival horror game or survival game in general, you have the issue of scarcity. And so it feels like you have to, uh, really decide whether or not you want to take a shot at something or whether or not you want to conserve your ammo so that it, that plays into kind of the sen- the suspense as well. Um, what else did I put down here? The shadows and the light, the use of light within the game, I thought was really good. Um, I'd said previously, I do think if there were some areas that were completely dark, it would have been a lot scarier to me. Um, but that said, there were certainly areas where 
there was lots of shadow. It was difficult to see, and you had to use your um, your flashlight on your gun. You had to aim your gun in order to see more clearly where the enemies were coming from. And so the those things were pretty cool. Could have been done slightly better, in my opinion, but um, but it was certainly used and it was effective when it was used. And then, like we said, you know, like the the use of sound throughout the game was really freaky because you hear things. Um, even just Isaac, the way that he's breathing, um, when you hear like whispers and things, which is explained at the end of the game that you're crazy. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, it, it's just very unsettling, the things that you're hearing, whether, because a lot of the times it's, it is uh, cueing you up for something that is about to happen. And so you kind of get on guard when you hear those things. But then sometimes it's a total fake out. And so it's just there so that you feel um, this oppressive sense of something is here and you don't know what it is. Um, so so I think it this game what I'm what I'm saying is I think this game uses a lot of different ways to freak you out, to unsettle you, to feel really creepy. And because of that, um, it does a really good job. Yeah. Again, with the caveat of towards the end, it doesn't quite feel very horror-driven any longer. Um, but but I think that's also kind of inherent to horror in general, is like if you drag it on too long, it's no longer scary. Because often the scariest things are the unknown. You know? Yeah. So. No, that's... Uh, yeah, I don't... Like I said, I don't... like. And I've probably said this before, and I and I will probably say this again. But I really do think that uh, Dead Space, in a lot of ways, is sort of a master's class in sound design. Um, yeah, you are seeing like, um, and and you you touched on it too, like the fact that like the way that they use sound and music, it's um, and even the the absence has meaning. Um, yeah, just and I think like there are just so many like neat little cues and sort of like meticulous attention to detail. Like one of the things that sort of like that sound that Isaac makes when he like hits something or steps on something that like grunt, but it's like yeah. filtered through his, his mask. And so uh-huh. it's like, it's sort of got like that electronic, like almost like a Vader sort of like reverb sort of on it. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, and then just like, you know, and it, it's just it's interesting how that sound sticks with you, even like a few weeks and months later. Um, yeah, because yeah, he sounds so like frustrated and so like at the end of his rope, which and he's taking everything out on you know this thing that he's stomping on, which which makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I mean, uh I think, like, you know, sort of looking back on it, like, um, definitely there was a little bit of nostalgia at play. I still okay. highly recommend this game. Like I said, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I fully intend to platinum it. But I think um, it's one of those things where even as we're talking about it, I'm sort of like, I, I really wish it was a little more compact. I feel like it started to yeah. lose its punch after a little bit. Um, and, and I really do feel like the ending's kind of a little... I don't know this the I, by the time you get to the ending it's like yeah you're right it is a really neat set piece it's a really neat experience it's really cinematic and it's really like very cool to sort of go through that 
but it, it's like it's it's like an attaboy. It's like you know, yeah, hey, you, yeah. You're f- almost like a victory lap. Yeah, and and which is that's okay, but it it you know there there's a part of me that wishes there was a little bit more like to sort of like earn there. I don't know how to yeah, put it. Um, but like I said, I it, it's one of those games that I, I will probably come back to from time to time because that sound design is just, I mean, and, and, and just to sort of like, I think you have to sort of put like context to it. Like nobody else was doing that. Nobody, like the, one of the reasons that this game is so significant when it comes to sound design is that yes, like people were doing like the ramp up with, with music and everything. And they were using sound design to cue things in, but the intentional absence of sound and then just like the fake outs and all the sort of like, like that, that was really impressive. Uh-huh. So yeah, maybe if they ended the game with like a dark Isaac fight, it would have been better. Well, uh, you know, you know, doppelganger fights make everything better. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, you know, and it, it is one of those things I think too, it's sort of like even you, we, you 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 mentioned it, and I think we've hit on it before. But like one of the things that sort of when a good horror book gets translated into a horror movie, it's always less scary because it's like yeah, what you see in your head is not is like twenty times worse anything that they, they're going to make and put on the screen. Um, but I mean. It's it's one of those games though too. I do have like some mixed feelings about because like man like I forgot how like gross this game is. Like <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like like and it, and it's part of the brilliance of that sound design. But like even like when you're fighting things and squishing things and like when you dismember a necromorph and it makes that sort of like that squishing and the plop. Um, yeah, like ugh, but <laughs> gets you. For sure, but I think we are at this point in time, like I said, uh, li- running a little long in the tooth at this point. <laughs> so um, it's crazy. Every time I'm like, "Oh, this will be quick. This will be quick. I don't have that much to say." No. W- w- no. What did I say earlier? We are good at not being. <laughs> We're good at being bad, bad at brevity. At brevity. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. We are sorry. It was hard to remember. That was like two hours ago. So <laughs> I, I couldn't remember exactly what you said. Oh boy. Well, um, if, if we didn't completely exhaust everything about this game and you've got some thoughts that you want to share with us, um, you can always hit us up. There are multiple ways. Obviously the group that we've got going there, the hashtag, uh, backlog book club on Facebook um, you can email us directly at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. And then, of course, you can reach out to us individually, um, you know, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or we become friends on PSN. If you have a friend code, you can share that or on GG. I'm Broccolope. And this guy over here is Nate underscore McKeever. Uh, pretty much keeping it on brand. everything. Yeah, I, I'm at this point in time. I'm saying I was just I'm super on brand before it was cool to be on brand. Um, also, before we go, I did want to give a shout out to my buddy Jason, who uh, yeah. I, I don't know if it'll show up on this one. Uh, you know, Josh can probably work some voodoo, but if he doesn't, I did throw a little bit of a sneak peek up in the book club, 
But he redesigned our logo for us and added some neat little graphics and stuff. I, I really like it. I'm really enamored with it. I, I hope Josh likes it. Um, yeah, man. So <laughs> I was, I wasn't trying to throw you under the bus. I'm just, I'm just naturally <laughs> a jerk. Um, <laughs> no. But no, you're good. You're good. Um, and also with that, we have gotten. Uh, thank you guys for reaching out and for giving us some feedback. We have gotten a little bit of that, and we are um, currently going through ways in which we can apply it here in the future. It definitely has not fallen on deaf ears. So thank you. If you've got any more suggestions, any more feedback for us, please let us know. We would love to hear what you guys think about what we're doing here and if we should, you know, record shorter podcasts or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it's not likely. (laughs) (laughs) No, probably, probably not. But uh, we'll see. All right, man. Well, I think I think it's time to let let the dear people um, go. And it's time for me to go to bed. All right, well, till next time, we'll see all you cool cats later.